Well, Mike, it finally happened. We're closing the book on yet another season here on The Complete Works. When the story is retold through the generations, you might call them memoirs of a geisha. But these are memoirs of a different kind. Yes, these memoirs aren't just of a geisha. They're of great heroes like the heroic trio, Wing Chun and Silver Hawk, historical figures like the Sung Sisters, the children of Wang Shi and the Lady, and martial arts masters like the Owl and Bombo. These memoirs took us to amazing locations like Hong Kong, Venice, and the Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. We learned of exotic items like the Sword of Destiny, a holy weapon only possessed by true legends. We've been doing this podcast since... Oh, just before last Christmas, we went far north to see the sunshine, only to learn that you have a better chance of seeing the Moonlight Express. But not to worry, because tomorrow never dies. A reign of assassins might not be enough to stop dastardly villains. This past year, we heard that Gru was on the rise along with the beasts. But as long as we could resurrect a mechanic or count on the twinkle twinkle of our lucky stars, we knew we could develop a final recipe for the perfect gunpowder milkshake before tossing it on the ground. You don't have to worry about cleaning it up here because it truly was a messy temple. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's right. Welcome to episode 55 of The Complete Works Season 3, a deep dive into the career and films of actor Michelle Yeoh. My name is Mike Smith, and joining me on this journey into the Yeoh-averse is my friend, co-host, and fellow psychopath, Mike DiCruccio. How you today, Mike? I'm doing just great. I'm way better after uh, hearing your very long, beautiful intro. <laughs> Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. I went back and listened to our uh, Jeff Goldblum finale uh, yes. to kind of, you know, refresh like what we did for that one and all that kind of stuff. And I did a very long intro incorporating all the movies and all that uh, for that one. So I was like, well, I got to do it again. I got to <laughs> got to figure job. it out. Although in that one, I ended with the button where after the entire thing, I just said Mordecai. <laughs> <laughs> Remember Mordecai? Yes. And I was trying to think like what the Michelle Yeoh equivalent of Mordecai would be. <laughs> um, I think, uh, no, I don't know. I can't think of one. Weirdly, my initial like gut reaction was Morgan. Um, Ooh. But, but maybe that's just the M-O-R, like the more blank uh, in yeah, the, yeah, in the yeah. name. I feel like Morgan itself, better movie than Mordecai, right? <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's not a hard bar to hit, but yeah, I think they did it. <laughs> I think uh, yes. Morgan is a better movie than Mordecai, but I feel right. like um, just sort of in the in the like podcast psyche, Messy Temple is a pretty good one to end on. That's what I thought. Yeah, and it, you know, kind of culminated in this uh, the season long joke of it truly being a Messy Temple. Uh, <laughs> so I was pretty happy with that. How are you doing today, Mike? Doing good. I'm uh, I'm excited to get into all the things that we have uh, planned for today. It's to celebrate, you know, the one year of and change uh, podcast of, of Michelle. Yeah, we did it. 50, 55, 54 movies. Yes. 55 yeah. episodes. This is episode 55. Yeah. So, yeah, just over a year of uh, this Michelle Yeoh season of the podcast, um, which kicked off. I want to say it was back in August. September, oh, we were uh, definitely last year. Re recording over the summer because we recorded when I was there for uh, uh, Camp Horror. Right. But I think we were already like posting episodes by the time you got there for I Camp Horror. I think you're right. Yeah. And, that, and that's part of the reason why we caught up to ourselves so quickly because we were like, oh, I'm going to we're going to record like weeks ahead of time so that we never run out of episodes. We're always like weeks ahead of the game. And then we weren't. Uh <laughs> yeah. We were like, we have time to not record. Yes. I'm in. Sign uh, me up. 
yeah, I, I want to say it was August 2022 uh, that this podcast first began this season. And I'm pretty sure that's right, actually, because we had uh, Jurassic World Dominion in June. Right. Uh, and then we had an episode in July where we were going to we were going to do a Thor Love and Thunder episode because we thought Jeff Goldblum was going to be in it. Uh, and then it turned out he wasn't. So we had like a, a quick eight minute episode being like Jeff Goldblum's not in. <laughs> yeah and those were kind of like interstitial like you know in between seasons as we were kind of getting things ready for the michelle yo season and we've known we were going to do this since like april of last year though right yeah she won the season three poll it was uh michelle yo versus natalie portman winona Ryder, and jamie lee curtis and uh yeah i am really glad that michelle yo ultimately ended up winning i think uh you know that poll came out Maybe the month or two after everything everywhere all at once got released. <laughs> yeah, we really uh, ride that high. You know? Yeah. Uh, and so that definitely, I think, was a contributing factor to uh, Michelle Yeoh's victory in the poll. And really, that was the earliest indication that she would win the Oscar, I think, is uh, when I think so, <laughs> when she won the complete works poll. Uh, yeah. And Michelle Yeoh was your pick, Mike. It was your it was your choice. She was one of your people to uh, go into the poll. That's right. I don't remember. Was it? Her and a writer, I think, or maybe Jamie Lee Curtis. I don't know. Jamie Lee Curtis was mine. Uh, yes. And I and I was really gunning for Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, she was like who I wanted in for, for season three of the podcast. And I still think that would be an incredible season if we get to do it one day. We can't next season because she's in everything ever all at once. Yes, we really hedged our bets for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that Michelle Yeoh was the victor, uh, partially because, you know, love Michelle Yeoh and uh, loves getting to explore this filmography. Also, because I feel like it, I, I had more discoveries of movies that I really, really loved this season compared to the Nicolas Cage and Jeff Goldblum seasons. Um, yeah. Where a lot of those ones, I mean, there was definitely discoveries and movies that I really liked or loved in those seasons too, but the Michelle Yeoh ones, there was so much that I hadn't seen. And uh, so many that were like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, for Cage and Goldblum, they were a little bit more, even though, like you said, there was lots of discoveries and things that I hadn't seen in both of those uh, seasons, but they were a little bit more of a known quantity for us. Yeah, for Yo, it was just kind of, besides like, I don't know, Yes, Madam, <laughs> it was basically 20 years worth of discoveries. <laughs> and right. Like, and then uh, all the stuff post um, Crouching Tiger, which like maybe sort of heard of some of those. So yeah, it was a lot more uh, of unknown territory. And then I think for the most part, like both of us kind of got like opened up to, you know, these kind of Hong Kong action mid to late nineties, like Wuja films and be like, these all kind of rock and are like new favorites for both of us. I think. Yeah. I mean, I was always, you know, pretty into martial arts films, but this, I, I feel like I went really got really into them in a big way. Thanks to the uh, Michelle Yeoh podcast. Yeah. You know, uh, we talked about it in the early days of this podcast. We had, uh, you know, in the Nicholas Cage season, we had the, we made it Ma trilogy of uh face off the rock and con air, right? These three movies, that were released back to back that were like, oh, the pinnacle of 90s action filmmaking, right? Yeah. Uh, and then we get to this Michelle Yeoh season and within the first 10 episodes, we have five movies that rival all of them or are better than them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very interesting. I actually just, um, it was a really good uh, capper for this season today. I, there was a new article posted uh, in the New Yorker. I forget who wrote it, but it was an interview. It's an interview with um, John Woo and like coming up with his uh, Silent Night movie coming right. up at the end of this year and it basically just sort of coincides with this podcast he's like he's like sort of like the secret third main character of the pod because uh, she wasn't in many or i think only one she produced? she was in uh he co-directed reign of assassins, reign of assassins uh, which yes. she was in which is a more modern john movie that was 2010 
Right. Um, but so in that article, he's talking all about working with Sui Hark and like all these movies and like how he kind of gave John Woo the leg up and, you know, all this stuff and running parallel to the Michelle Yeoh rise is the John Woo rise and then his transition to Hollywood. And it's like all the same stuff that we've talked about with the Cage podcast and all the Windhawkers and all that. Yeah, it's all just very interesting. So go find that that John Woo article, uh, that interview. It's very, very interesting. And now we have a little bit more extra context uh, for that stuff. Thanks to the Michelle Yeoh pod. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's been really great to explore that. Uh, this entire season of the show. Uh, it's bittersweet. It's always bittersweet when you get to the end of a complete works uh, season, I think. Um, but it's also always exciting because you've spent yeah. like, you know, at, at least a year of your life just watching all of this person's movies. You're ready to move on and you know you're going to continue to watch their stuff like and cover on the podcast afterwards. And it's also just an exciting time because uh, now we get to speculate about uh, the future of the podcast. Like what is season that's, four going to be about? That's true. I think, yeah, I think it sort of is going to line up pretty perfectly. You know, this being the end of the year, we'll get that letterbox end of the year email that has all your stats for the break, the breakdown of your stats and it'll have, you know, most watched star. It's going to be Michelle Yeoh. And uh, it'll be, it's interesting that this is also the fastest, you know, that was happened for Nick Cage four years in a row, five years in a row. Goldblum, I think was two. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And for Yeoh, it's going to only be once basically. So pretty much. uh, Yeah. Um, I think it might've been twice. I think, cause again, we started this podcast like, August of last year. And I think we had finished the Goldblum podcast pretty early in the year. So I think I had yo as my most watched last year as well. You're probably right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously she's going to be, she's going to be my most watched star again this year. That's, that's the nature of doing this podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but so it's just, it's just an interesting, you know, way to like delineate passage of time as in your movie watching to see that. So next week, I think, right. We'll be figuring out who, uh, who the next season will be. So uh, we're, well, we're I think, I think getting plan, that process. Yeah. The, the plan next week, um, I think the next two weeks, we have two new Nicholas Cage movies to talk about Mike. Uh, oh my God. I forgot. As well. Yeah. So He's I just think stop. Uh, probably like mid December, we'll figure out who season four will be about butcher's crossing and dream scenario, uh, are both, uh, out right now, Butcher's crossing is on video on demand dream scenario. Uh, I believe is going wide in theaters on December 1st. So it'll be a like, good timing for us to be able to cover that, which is nice. Perfect. Um, but, uh, yeah, we will be doing a season four, uh, fi- a figure them out episode. That's yeah. a weird way to phrase it. Um, but yeah, we're going to hopefully figure it out, like who the candidates will be for season four. And then we'll do the same thing we did this past year, put it out for a, an online poll and uh, see who will win season four of the complete works. But before we get into any of that in a couple of weeks, uh, this is the Michelle Yeoh finale episode. This <laughs> is meant to be an all encompassing thing, paying tribute to the entire Yeoh filmography. I can't say for sure that we're going to list every single Michelle Yeoh movie that, uh, <laughs> that we've covered on the podcast. Yeah. Um, but I think we're going to bring up a lot of them on the podcast and, uh, hopefully it's like representative of Michelle Yeoh's career. That's sort of the goal with these finale episodes. Yeah, we want to at least, you know, reminisce on some of our most favorites, laugh about some of our least favorites. Uh, but we're going to focus on the good for the most part, I think. Yeah, I, I, this it's a pretty uh, positive energy all around for the most yes. part. Uh, yeah, I think uh, so. The way this is going to work uh, and it's going to be a longer episode. So strap in. <laughs> I'm saying that to both the audience and to Mike D. Uh, <laughs> so we'll be out in 45. Can't wait. <laughs> right. Uh, and so I, I went back and listened to our Jeff Golden episode. And so this is how we did it last time. And this is how we're going to do it this time. We're going to start with uh, these different categories that we came up with. Uh, we have 10 different categories uh, that I kind of put out there to spread the wealth a little bit. Maybe talk about some movies or shows that uh, are not going to get as much love as the stuff that's going to be in kind of our main lists, you know? So we'll go through each one of those categories and talk about them a little bit. Uh, and then we will transition from there into our top five action set pieces slash stunts 
uh, in Michelle Yeoh's career. And so for the Goldblum podcast, we did top five discoveries, like movies that we had never heard of that we were watching for the first time on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for this one, like I said, a lot of these movies are discoveries for us. I felt like that really didn't apply here uh, because that's going to be most of our top 10, I think. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think, think so, yeah. Uh, and so I was like, well, and, and we should do something to commemorate the action of Michelle Yeoh's career because it is such a big part of it. Uh, and so top five action set pieces and stunts uh, are what's going to come up. And then after that, we're going to count down our top 10 Michelle Yeoh performances. Yeah, the actual performance that Michelle Yeoh is giving in any given movie. Uh, we're counting all those down. And then after that, there's more. We're going <laughs> to count down our top 10 Michelle Yeoh movies, just overall movies. Like these are our 10 favorite movies that we covered on the podcast this year. Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a good time talking about all these things, remembering Remembering how much fun we've had over the past year and change. Absolutely. And uh, also in between some of the uh, lists and stuff, the tri- uh, I'm going to be putting in some uh, memorable music from throughout Michelle Yeoh's uh, film career, some kind of transitional songs to ease us into that. Yeah, yeah. I assume you can't do uh, very many like clips because like a large majority of it are non-English. <laughs> uh, correct. Yeah. And so uh, this episode actually might be slightly shorter than you might expect a finale episode to be uh, just because the Nicolas Cage and Jeff Goldblum finales were rife with clips after everything. Thing, almost everything like you know I, I try to work in some clips here and there and for this one i probably will try to put a clip in when i can um mm. but the large majority of this is going to be in either cantonese or mandarin right <laughs> you know? yeah. so uh because we are english speaking um they they're not going to mean anything to us and i'm not going to know like if i'm editing an audio clip of a language i can't understand um it's not going to be great like yeah like, I'm, I'm not going to know where to cut it off you know it's going to be a whole thing <laughs> the whole thing. So we'll go with music or, or clips we can, uh, you know, that are in English. So exactly, yes. Um, but right now, Mike, let's get into our categories. Uh, so, like I said, we I put out ten different categories for every Michelle, every kind of scenario that I could think of that would kind of spread the wealth for Michelle Yeoh movies. Uh, and the first category is best cameo. Uh, and so, yeah, we, ha- we have had a few movies where Michelle Yeoh made a, a quick cameo appearance. Uh, sometimes it's just like, you know, early on in her career, she like popped up and it's like, hey, yeah, I'm here. Uh, right. And then later on in her career, it's more like, oh, man, Michelle Yeoh's here. Like, oh, <laughs> wild. Uh, so, Mike D, what did you put down for best cameo? Um, I had I have two answers uh, and I have two answers for sort of a lot of these, um, which I'm going to cheat for, I guess. That's fine. But um, yeah, right. For best cameo, the first one that jumped to mind was, in fact, uh, Twinkle, Twinkle, Lucky Stars. Okay. Um, which is a movie that I did not like, uh, did not enjoy particularly because it is gross. It's Sex Crimes the movie. But Michelle Yeoh's cameo where she just absolutely destroys uh, Samo Hung, somebody else and Samo Hung. I forget who she fights. She fights two I people. Think I think it's Richard Ng. I want to say think Richard you're right. Ng. They like stumble into a martial arts class that she's teaching and they're like, ho ho, a lady teacher. Ha <laughs> ha, sex crimes the movie. And you're like, oh no, this is gross. <laughs> um, and then she just absolutely obliterates them both. And it's her second like appearance on screen ever. Uh, so yeah. it was just awesome to have that and really just like the kind of like announcement of Michelle Yeoh here in these martial arts movies in this boys club of Hong Kong martial arts movies um absolutely destroying them is very fun but that movie's not great so I was like ah and it's also her second performance that feels like so early to say like this is the best one so I also put uh mostly for the the podcast goofs of Shaolin Popey 2 Bessie Temple <laughs> 
<laughs> because I think that really became the longest running uh, bit that we had <laughs> this it's season. Def- of the it's pod. definitely the cameo that got the most mileage on this yes, podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah. And of course, in Shaolin Popey 2, Messy Temple, Michelle Yeoh is actually like the villain of the movie. <laughs> it's like a demon? Like a, some, some kind of demon. She pops up at the beginning and then pops up kind of towards the end, but then takes on some kind of other form. Yeah. Uh, and then the kid uh, drinks breast milk and defeats her. <laughs> yeah. It's like a drunken style. <laughs> yeah. Breast milk fighting. A wild film. <laughs> a, yes. a weird movie. Uh, yeah. Good, good answers, Mike. Uh, so that's Shaolin Popey 2, Messy Temple, and Twinkle Twinkle Lucky Stars. Both good candidates for best cameo. Neither one is the one that I picked. Oh, uh, interesting. Though. My pick for best cameo is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Okay. Yeah. Uh, really well, old friend. Yondu, Doctor. I will see you in the stars. So this is much later in the Michelle Yeoh filmography. Uh, and our episode on this movie is uh, infamously long. It's like two and a half hours for a movie that that, that episode is like almost two and a half hours. Right. I'm not making I that think up. so. Yeah, I think it's probably the second longest episode of this season. behind yes. This one <laughs> behind this one. Yeah, we're calling that shot right now. Right now. Ten minutes uh, in that episode infamously long. And then almost immediately we kind of like change the format of the podcast to help like kind of cut it down, make it shorter. Yeah. Michelle Yeoh is in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 for like. 10 seconds uh, at the very end of the movie. Uh, Guardians 2, my favorite MCU movie. Uh, I've said this many times. I think it's fantastic. Uh, and I think her appearance at the end, uh, I said I said this on the episode. When I first saw Guardians of the Galaxy 2, it was the movie that made me realize how much I liked seeing Michelle Yeoh on screen. Because <laughs> right. I remember watching it and it's the end. It's Yondu's funeral and all these like previous Ravagers who you've never seen before come up. And they're all played by pretty recognizable people. It's Ving Rhames. It's Michelle Yeoh. And uh, every single person that came up was like, wait. Is that Michelle Yeoh on screen? Like I, I was <laughs> completely blown away. Uh, and then I think shortly after that, I saw Yes, Madam for the first time. And I was like, I'm in. Michelle Yeoh is the coolest person that's ever existed. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I think that movie is fantastic. I think it really effectively utilizes Michelle Yeoh at the very end as a pretty recognizable, very cool person to just have kind of added on uh, to the film. And so she pops up at Yandu's funeral and then she's there again in the post credit scene. I think she has two lines max in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Isn't one of them like, fuck yeah or hell yeah? Uh, wh- one of them is hell yes. Uh, yeah. And it's so cool. She just looks so cool saying it. <laughs> Hell, absolutely yeah she rules i kind of knew that was gonna be your pick so i was like oh you find some weirder stuff that's you know? fair yeah and i i totally expected you to expect that that would be my pick so <laughs> <laughs> we're on the same wavelength here but there you go so best cameo guardians 2 shallon popey poot 2 messy temple uh or twinkle twinkle lucky stars you can take your pick there uh and then our next category here is best entrance uh, oh. And so we've referred back to this a few times uh, throughout the podcast, uh, a lot, especially in recent years or in recent movies, um, yes. <laughs> you know, where it's become like a weirdly recurring thing where Michelle Yeoh makes like a very grand entrance and all the other characters like take notice of her and yeah. are like, oh, man, Michelle Yeoh's in this movie now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and so I decided to make best entrance a category. So Mike D, what was your choice for best entrance? I mean, I kind of had to go with the. The OG, the one that started it all for us, uh, and that's Morgan, which, <laughs> of course, is when um, it's a big dinner table scene with the whole crew, the whole cast, and they're all talking to Kate Mara, right? Is that who's the... Uh, yes, yeah. Yeah, the investigator or whatever, and uh, Michelle Yeoh walks into the room, into the di- into the dining room where they all are, and the whole cast stands up and applauds. <laughs> 
basically, uh, as she enters the room. And I was like, that's what every movie should be doing whenever Michelle Yeoh walks on the screen for the very first time. Yeah, so I mean, Morgan, and then also, I'm going to have two answers again, sort of. Um, also, uh, Hunting in Venice, I think, uh, has a really great entrance for her with the like kind of ghostly uh, masquerade mask with the lipstick and the teardrop and the fog yeah. rolling in off the canals and all that. It's just is really awesome. But uh, my actual answer is Morgan because it's the funniest one. <laughs> uh, Mike, that, that was also my number one and my number two. Uh, Morgan oh. and A Haunting in Venice uh, are my picks for best entrance. Yeah, I think that Morgan entrance uh, is so funny. Uh, it's just... <laughs> You know, it's truly like they're all sitting around the dinner table. Michelle Yeoh enters and everybody stands up and looks at her in like reverent awe. We we like exaggerated the scene a little bit and joked about how like everybody basically just stands up and applauds. Like yeah. I, 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 they basically like stop short of doing that, though. Like it's uh, it seems like any second they're all going to break out into applause for Michelle Yeoh. In, I have created a memory where they do applaud. Did they not <laughs> applaud in the movie? I don't think so. Okay. No, I, that, that would be insane, remember. right? I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember when it happens. Is it like after a breakthrough or something? But yeah, she's sort of they call her mother or something weird too right yeah um well i think she is like considered anya taylor joy's mother right yes that's, that's, that's what right. it is yes you're right um but yeah they all give her a, like a standing ovation basically yes <laughs> uh, <laughs> <which is> hilarious <laughs> uh yeah and that like set off like that's when we kind of noticed the pattern a little bit because we had seen it a couple of times and then with morgan it just be like this this is really weird that this is happening over yeah, and over it's again. so exaggerated uh and yeah and the haunting of venice one is also a great entrance um and that's a great performance of michelle yo and i think it's great like you know man michelle yo is in this movie it's it's very yeah. exciting uh and so yeah morgan and haunting in venice are are both of our choices for best entrance uh and then uh favorite tv show is the next one uh and so I think the TV years of Michelle Yeoh's career uh, are pretty interesting. Uh, you know, we've, we covered pretty much all the major TV stuff, uh, which we don't often do. But, you know, we always do like, you know, whoever's main cast or whatever. But we covered a couple of shows this year where she was uh, recurring on them mm -hmm. or recurring for a season. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm curious, Mike D, what was your favorite Michelle Yeoh TV show that we've covered so far? You know, considering I watched like five half i think five or six episodes or whatever of uh, the season of strike back legacy that michelle yo was on mm. that's not my pick <laughs> which is, i'm surprised i thought that, i thought that was gonna be it actually which is wild um yeah i mean this was kind of a tough one for me because I, I we typically don't watch much of the seasons right we, uh, we always kind of set it up where we watch the first episode or two right like right. it's you know just give us like a taste of the show if it's an eight episode show where every episode's an hour long that's eight hours that we got to sink into something so that's a lot but yeah i mean this was sort of a, a, a half pick for both of these for me um i don't fully endorse them because i haven't watched the entire series or anything uh but american born chinese is my my primary pick because those two episodes that i watched were great uh and i know you watched some more and you said that it's it's also really good so um that's kind of my i think best the best show overall i don't know particularly yo's performance in it and like how much bigger her role is because i only watched the first two episodes but she was really yeah. great in that that's those first episodes were great um and then my other pick is it seems like a similar situation star trek discovery and zincana agreement between my senior officers note the date and time noted captain is this amount of sarcasm always necessary? Necessary, no. But I do like it. Those first two episodes that we watched, like that kind of pilot, two-part pilot thing or whatever they had was yeah. awesome. Yo was great in it. I know she dies in the end of that, but we do also know later on she comes back as a recurring character because everybody loved her. So... Right. 
potentially Star Trek Discovery also. Uh, so based on two episodes of two series, <laughs> um, they're both really great. Uh, the reason I didn't pick Strike Back Legacy is that it just kind of, you know, I watched five episodes or whatever it was and just didn't feel the need <laughs> to you, continue. You kind of like petered it. out for you. <laughs> yeah, didn't feel the need to keep finishing. Uh, watch those last five episodes. So I was like, that's probably not a great sign. <laughs> Let me not pick that one. Yeah, I mean, uh, and I think uh, overall in terms of Yo's TV work, I think Star Trek Discovery is the one that like most people would know. Like that's yeah. the uh, kind of the big show. And yeah, I, I did enjoy that pilot episode. I've kind of flirted with like going back and watching more of Star Trek Discovery, especially because we know that Michelle Yeoh is making a movie based on her character from that show. Right, right? yeah. Or a Paramount Plus streaming film uh, that's going to be a spinoff of the Star Trek Discovery show with Michelle Yeoh. And so at some point, if that movie actually happens, we're going to have to review it. And I would like to have the full context for, <laughs> for that character. You know, we will, uh, we will see what happens there, but my pick is also American born Chinese. Um, I, I really enjoyed that show. Uh, I thought it was really fun. I watched the first three episodes of it, so I haven't uh, had the chance to watch more of it, but I've also been like thinking about watching the rest of it. Uh, mm. and I think I probably will at some point pretty soon. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really fun, really engaging, a very effective high school coming of age story that also happens to be like a, a story of mystical powers and a, a magical quest and all that. And Michelle Yeoh, I think is giving a really fun performance um, as a like goddess who is like hiding out among the humans and trying to do human things. The episode uh, in episode three, where she is um, trying to just trying to build like a chair from Ikea and having difficulty doing it is really <laughs> funny, uh, <laughs> you know, but then she also gets involved in fight sequences and yeah, it, it's a good time. So uh, yeah, American born Chinese, uh, which is on Disney plus right now. Uh, yeah, that is my pick for a favorite TV show as well. Nice. Hopefully we don't keep all picking the same, <laughs> the <Yeah>. same thing. <laughs> uh, well, we'll see what happens here, Mike. We'll uh, what is your choice for our next category? Uh, best voice role. Best voice role. Um, yeah, my pick here is, I think, the first one that she did, which was Kung Fu Panda 2. You will find yourself at the bottom of the stairs. I see. I see. I see. Pain. Ow! And anger. How dare you! That is the finest silk in the province! Followed by denial. Now this is not fortune-telling. You're just saying what's happening right now. <sighs> the most important time is now. Yeah, it just has, like, the soothsayer. Uh, she, I, those, these movies, Kung Fu Panda and Kung Fu Panda 2, I think just have a... Not maybe not, not like a soft spot for me, but they're fun. They're kind of uh, uh, nostalgic to that era of like being homesick in college where you're just like, I guess I'll watch a kid's movie. You know, right. <laughs> like, I specifically have memories of uh, me and producer Colin, who were roommates in college, both being uh, like seriously sick, uh, which, you know, when you're sharing, sharing like a five by five room <laughs> is going to happen. Um, and we both were bedridden. We both were skipping our classes and we were just like, you want to watch Monsters vs. Aliens? <laughs> like just, and I forget what the other one was. There was two movies that's like that that we watched. Monsters vs. Aliens was the, the main one. And yeah, so this Kung Fu Panda 2, or Kung Fu Panda in the franchise fits in that that realm for me. And I think uh, Michelle Yeoh does really good. It's really great in it. Uh, James Holland, everything. Jack Black. I had, yeah, fun. So Kung Fu Panda 2. Nice. Uh, so my answer was also Kung Fu Panda 2, um, uh -oh. but, I, but I did have a backup in case you chose that one, too. OK, uh, so yeah, Kung Fu Panda 2. Fantastic. A really fun movie that, uh, you know, she gets some very funny lines in there and she's kind of this voice of wisdom in the movie. Uh, my other pick for best voice role, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about uh, post everything everywhere all at once and how there were a lot of like just 
man, vo- voice roles in movies that like were not very good. Your your right. Minions twos and your uh, uh, Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hanks, and all that stuff. But this is a movie I don't think is all that good. I do think Michelle Yeoh is really great in it. We covered it very recently. Uh, Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. Um, really? I am a Maximum, a warrior for both your past and future. Where Michelle Yeoh plays Air Razor, uh, the Falcon, uh, who is one of the Maximals, uh, the the transforming beasts. Uh, her voice is like instantly recognizable, but kind of filtered through that like you know metallic Transformers like like twang or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I think she plays a very key part in the movie as the one maximal that meets up with the Autobots and like is able to direct them to where they need to go. I think she gives that character more weight than it would have otherwise as a voice role. I'm not saying a movie, but as, as a voice role, uh, I think she does a really great job with that one. So uh, yeah, uh, my real answer is Kung Fu Panda too, uh, but Transformers rise of the beast close second. It's not, it's better than Pete Davidson, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and yeah, she does. She does a really good job at selling that. That uh, and then when she gets like poisoned or whatever the hell that uh, whatever happens to her with the, when she gets attacked by the one guy and then betrays all the primals and stuff. Yep. So, you know, sad times. So yeah, there you go. That's uh, our pick for favorite voice role. And now we have biggest waste of Michelle Yeoh. <laughs> Uh, and I, I put this one in there, you know, like I said, we're going to be mostly focused on the positive here on this podcast, but I think it's, it's very fair to say, especially having watched many, many, many of these movies, uh, that a lot of American movies had no idea what to do with Michelle Yeoh, uh, for a very long time, you know, post crouching tiger and post tomorrow never dies. It really seems like, okay, we got Michelle Yeoh here. We're going to do something great with her. And then man, just some real shitty blockbusters that have really thankless roles mm-hmm, <laughs> for, mm-hmm. for Michelle Yeoh. That's like a, a hefty majority. Um, so Mike D, what do you think is the biggest waste of Michelle Yeoh in a movie? I think, I think I know what your answer might be. So I'm going to pivot. Okay. I, I, I have said it many times in the podcast. What my yes. answer is. <laughs> and I, I think I fully agree with you, but for me, the answer is uh, Legend of Hank, Pause of Fury. Okay, Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank, you mean. Whatever. Who, I wrote, yeah. only wrote down Legend of Hank. I couldn't remember which one, it, which, which order it went in. Yeah. Um, but yes, this movie, voice role, you know, this is the absolutely insanely misguided animated children's remake of Blazing Saddles. Yes. Uh, what a wild sentence to say. What a crazy sentence. <laughs> scene for scene, almost word for word. Uh, with the exception of one major word. <laughs> except for one major word, the racial slur, uh, replaced with a, the word a dog, uh, yeah. because it's about a dog uh, running over uh, or overseeing a town of cats. So uh, you uh, fill in the blank. But yeah, this has Michelle Yeoh is in there as one of the characters, like the town's girl's mothers. And she's got a couple lines. And I'm putting this in here as a biggest waste for Mich- of Michelle Yeoh because... Her character is in the background of scenes and stuff with no dialogue. Yes. And you're like, what did, what did, we, what did we get Michelle Yeoh for? <laughs> if we're going to have her animated character be in scenes and then have her not say anything. So that's really mostly the reason that I'm, I'm uh, putting this in here. Plus, it's it's one of the worst movies I think we watched uh, all season. Sure. So Legend, Legend of Hank, Paws of Fury. Is that it? Yeah. Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank. You God said it wrong it. again. Uh, Did it wrong again. <laughs> 
yeah, no, I mean, I, I am absolutely with you on the, on that one. Um, it is a huge waste of Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, not not a very good movie overall. Overall, <laughs> overall. Yeah. Uh, I, I do think there was like a couple of fun elements in it. A couple, like I I really liked the opening song, uh, the Blazing yeah. Samurai song. There could have been something there. Uh, and that just felt very lazy and weird. And it's a Blazing Saddles remake that tried to erase all knowledge of the fact that it was a Blazing Saddles remake. I mean, it's it's really weird. Um, so, yeah, a good choice for Biggest Waste of Michelle Yeoh. Uh, mine should be no surprise to anyone who listens to the podcast frequently. Uh, and my choice for Biggest Waste of Michelle Yeoh is Mechanic Resurrection. May, to me, is a little mysterious because... She comes in in the middle of the film, and obviously it's someone that Bishop trusts implicitly because he's in huge trouble and he needs a haven. And this old friend of his obviously is where he keeps things that is going to help him move on or be another person. You know, a life as an assassin, you have to find a secret place where you can hideout yes. uh, a movie that i like I, I actually do like mechanic resurrection i thought it was a, a perfectly fine action movie uh and i enjoy watching jason statham beat people up and it it delivers on that uh in spades you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know? but michelle yo is in the movie it's 2016 you, you would think you, know, you have a pretty solid ensemble here it's jason statham it's tommy lee jones given right. a, given a really weird performance i think it's jessica alba also uh, yes. is is the love interest uh and michelle yo plays like an old ally of jason and state them. So that's you set that up, and it's like, oh, great, Michelle Yeoh is going to get involved in an action scene at some point. Yeah, he's a hitman with a pa- dirty past, and he yeah. knows Michelle Yeoh from that past. Yeah, like it, clearly, uh, we're going to be setting her up to be like, you know, the second lead of the movie or something. Uh, and instead, she is just somebody like the caretaker of this hotel on an island uh, where Jason Statham and Jessica Alba stay. And then they leave. Uh, and, so, <laughs> and so she's just there. She offers some advice to them every once in a while. Um, but it's just it's so weird. Like you haven't an, it's an action movie. You have Michelle Yeoh, one of the greatest action stars ever in the movie. And you're not putting her in an action scene <laughs> and, in an action movie. Yeah. And you're not really even letting her do any acting either because her character is completely flat, like just kind of like a thing to move Jason Statham along. It's so weird to watch it. And knowing that Michelle Yeoh is right there and can be involved in these action sequences, would they, these sequences would be better if she was involved in them. Yeah. And then they just don't they don't do it. Uh, <laughs> it's Ugh. it's real strange. Yeah. I think uh, I think runner up would be boss level. Which oh, has- yes her as the quote-unquote like greatest swords master that ever lived in the movie yeah uh and then she only gets to do it in a 30 second montage where she trains frank grillo to be a swords master and that's right and and then the fact that he is the swords master ultimately has no bearing on what he ends up doing in the movie yeah i mean boss level way worse than mechanic resurrection i would say worse than pause of fury the legend of hank i think maybe yeah um but mechanic resurrection is i think the biggest waste of michelle yo because at least boss level you know that is an action movie they should have used Michelle Yeoh more, but at least they do have her holding a sword at some point. You know, right? They have the, they have the 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 recognition to say that she is the greatest swordsman that's ever lived. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's like, they give her that. Yeah, in Mechanic Resurrection, she's just she's there. Um, so yeah. yeah, that that to me was the biggest waste of Michelle Yeoh. Uh, let's move on into the next category here, Mike. Uh, which is uh, our favorite frequent collaborator of Michelle Yeoh. Uh, somebody who has popped up multiple times uh, throughout this season of the podcast. Somebody who has been uh, through, you know, there throughout Michelle Yeoh's career. I know my answer. I'm, I'm wondering if yours is the same one. I feel like it might be. Um, but who's your choice for best frequent collaborator? I think there's a, a lot of answers for this. Um, yeah. I think there's 
maybe like the the guy the person that's the most collaborated with there's the person that sure. i in modern times i'm still excited to see the movies uh but my answer is samo hung oh um, really okay so that's that's not the one i was going for so yes yeah. Um, yeah, just, I mean, the, those first five movies, like the five greatest movies of all time that we've ever seen, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but basically from, uh, Alvarez Bombo, uh, I don't remember actually what the last movie that he's in with her with. Uh, so I, I can tell you, Mike, um, oh. so, uh, I have my yo reunions, uh, sheet, uh, here yes. right now. Uh, Sammo hung as part of the four timers club. Only Got one it. person's in the five timers club. Do you know who it is? I no, I don't. Okay, uh, I mean technically, I guess there would be two if you're counting like directors as well. That's but in, what I in, was like. Yeah, would you, you? Would he count? I don't know. Yeah, is he no, in, in terms of just actors, in terms Got of it. actors, like people being on screen, uh, Maggie Chung is in the Five Timers Club. That's uh, she's, right. She's the only one in the Five Timers with uh, Police Story Three, The Heroic Trio, Holy Weapon, Executioners, and the Sung Sisters. Uh, Samuel Hung is in the Four Timers Club uh, for actors uh, because he is in The Owl vs. Bombo, Twinkle Twinkle Lucky Stars, Yes Madam and the stunt woman um, and, and also directed Al versus Bombo and Twinkle Twinkle Lucky Stars. Yeah, but I think he's uh, hung as one of the, you know, founding D&B films guys and stuff yes. and just sort of like in the the people that kind of uh, lifted up uh, Michelle Yeoh in her early career and then uh, gave her a chance in all these movies and stuff, got beat up by her as in a cameo in, in uh, Twinkle Twinkle Lucky Stars. And yeah, yeah, so I don't know. He, and he's just the most fun. He's one of the guys that I recognized at the start of this season but didn't necessarily know his name um and i don't really remember where or what i would have known him for in america but like i've right. definitely like recon a recognizable person uh so i was excited to start seeing him and then yeah he's up uh, popping up a lot very frequently in the early yo stuff and kind of like i said gives her that boost into the kind of major stardom with the dnb films and all that stuff so yeah uh i wanted to highlight sam hung Nice. Yeah. Uh, Sam Hung rules. Uh, and yeah, I think uh, specifically his performance in the stunt woman uh, is really great. And like his relationship with Yo in that movie, um, which is, you know, a semi autobiographical thing about Yo's life in uh, in certain ways. Uh, yeah. And uh, and it man, too. <laughs> <laughs> he is also in it man too you're right mike uh, he is. which maybe connects to your answer i don't know uh sort yeah i guess uh yeah i guess it does actually because uh my answer for best frequent collaborator uh is young Wu ping um, oh i thought you were gonna say donnie yen oh uh i mean that would have been good too um but young Wu ping also directed master z it man legacy which is what <laughs> that's, that's, that's why point, i yeah. thought it connected to you <laughs> less directly than i thought but yeah it does you're right <laughs> uh but young Wu ping uh is the most frequent collaborator um other like maggie chung most frequent actor um but young Wu ping directed tai chi master wing chun true legend crouching tiger hidden dragon sword of destiny and master z it man legacy so five movies in the michelle yo career plus he was the choreographer on crouching tiger hidden dragon and fearless which fearless you know she's barely in but right but still she's technically only in the, uh, the, the director's cut yeah um, <laughs> but uh, Yun Wu Ping, uh, you know, one of the great uh, action choreographers ever, um, of course, uh, in America, best known for choreographing The Matrix and uh, Kill Bill uh, and a couple of other like kind of American blockbusters like that. But uh, really got to start doing these Hong Kong wire foo movies, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I think we were really blown away by Tai Chi Master, especially. Yeah. Anytime like a Yun Wu Ping movie came up, it was like, oh, man. What a treat that uh, that we get to enjoy here uh, on the podcast. Uh, and yeah, Tai Chi Master rules. Wing Chun, super great. The first like half of True Legend is like the coolest thing I've ever seen. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and the action in Crash and Tiger Hidden Dragon speaks for itself. I mean, it's it's, uh, you know, legendary on its own. Uh, and, you know, directed Crash and Tiger 2, which, hey, you know, could could be coming up at some point. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, yeah, Young Wu Ping would be my choice for uh, best frequent collaborator. 
And then I would throw out Maggie Chung there as well, because, uh, you know, Maggie Chung, the best. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so wild to see her in those early roles. Uh, you know, I guess really Super Cop 3 is what I'm thinking of. But then I'm also thinking of, but then also Police Story 1 and 2, where it's just like, she's just like the butt of the jokes and then goes yeah. on to be like one of the greatest actors that's ever lived. Right. Uh, like this is the person in, in, in the mood for love, you know, yeah. like this is... <laughs> <laughs> like how do you uh yeah she she's the best uh and yeah she's so great and i think most of these movies are more like her getting to be a little wackier with the uh, you know super cop heroic trio holy weapon and executioners but then the last one is the sung sisters yes, uh, yes and she's great in that movie i mean all three of them are very good in the sung sisters a movie that uh i think it was way better than we expected it to be absolutely yeah i th- think back to um uh, heroic trio when maggie chung ri- throws dynamite in a barrel and rides it into battle <laughs> like, I, what I think about it all the time <laughs> all the, constantly <laughs> so other and just to throw this out there the other people in the four timers club uh, i won't go through the three timers or two timers but the uh, the other people in the four timers uh you got jing chen who is in yes madam royal warriors magnificent warriors is an easy money uh dick way who is in the owl versus bombo twinkle twinkle lucky stars yes madam and super cop 2 Samo hung richard ing uh who uh, was richard always ing. always a delight to see pop up and uh he uh, recently passed away i believe right i it think was so earlier yeah. this year i think uh yeah twinkle twinkle lucky stars yes madam magnificent warriors and the stunt woman uh damian lau who uh, was the husband in the heroic trio also in holy weapon executioners and the stunt woman uh kenneth zhang who's in royal warriors police story 3 the touch and memoirs of a geisha uh, Benedict Wong, an unlikely uh, a candidate into the Four Timers Club, uh, yeah. all more recent movies uh, with Sunshine, The Lady, Marco Polo and Shang-Chi in The Legend of the Ten Rings. And then you got Jackie Chan, of course, um, who, uh, you know, that, that's somebody who I, I would have expected going into this podcast to be like, well, most frequent best frequent collaborator, Jackie Chan, no question. Right. Uh, but really, they're only in like one movie together uh, is the thing. Like it's Twinkles with the Lucky Stars uh, where, you know, he has like a couple of action set pieces, but he's separate from the action for the most part. And he's not with Michelle Yeoh. Uh, then police story three, super cop, where of course they're co-stars. That's, you know, that's the movie where they're in together. Right. Then there's super cop two, where he makes a very brief cameo. <laughs> I think I forgot super cop two existed. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's there and she's great in it. Um, yeah. But, and that, that's like just Michelle Yeoh. And then at, at a certain point, Jackie Chan makes a cameo out of nowhere. And is like, I'll go be in police story four and run, runs away. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, Kung Fu Panda two, which they're both voice roles in. Yeah. It's interesting how, how many more reunions there are this season than I remember there being in the previous season. Yeah. And I, and I think a lot of that is because of the first few movies of the podcast yeah, um, sure. where the D and B films guys were just like using the same people over and over again. Uh, and there is one more in the four timers club. Uh, Yun Wah, who is the bad guy from police story three, super cop. Uh, he's also in Shaolin Popey Two, messy temple master Z it man legacy and Shang Chi and the legend of the 10 rings. And he was also uh, the action choreographer for owl versus Bombo and twinkle twinkle lucky stars. What a time to have been alive to just be doing all of those things yes <laughs> to be directing and editing and choreographing and starring yes. in and, and uh yeah wild uh, absolutely um but yeah so the our choices for best frequent collaborator mine was young Ping. mike d's was sammo hung uh next category is best streaming film uh and so this was kind of a change from previous seasons of the podcast too um nicholas cage and jeff goldblum have never made just a film for streaming. They have not made like a, a Netflix original yet. Right. Right. Uh, and I mean, cage has a lot of video on demand movies that go, go on streaming pretty quickly, but like there hasn't been one that was like branded as a Netflix movie or a Hulu movie or an HBO max original or whatever. Right. Both had uh, series though. 
Both had series. Yes. Uh, Nick Cage had the history of swear word series and uh, Jeff Goldblum had the world according to Jeff Goldblum and Disney plus uh, and Goldblum's going to be in uh, chaos, the Netflix series uh, that's going to be coming out. I assume next year, but we'll see what happens. And so, yeah, I, I wanted to throw this category in there. Best streaming film. There was a few Michelle Yeoh movies that premiered on streaming. Uh, what did you think was the best one, Mike? I'm going to ask you a dumb question because I was here on the podcast while we covered all of them. Do you happen to have a list of all the movies <laughs> of, the the, of the streaming movies? Uh, I can uh, hold on one second. If not, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I have a pick, but I can only think of two of them. And I was like, there must be more, but I'm picking this one because I can't remember what the other ones are. Uh, so I think the streaming films are Crouching Tiger 2, Boss Level, Gunpowder Milkshake, and The School for Good and Evil are the four streaming films. Okay. So I forgot about Crouching Tiger 2 and Boss Level as a streaming movie. I thought that was just a direct to VOD, but I mean, I guess same, same. Um, but my pick is still uh, School for Good and Evil. Thank you so much, beauty teacher. Hey, I was the head of the magical history department long before you got here, Red. You were? Yes, before this place became insufferably shallow and I was demoted to beautification. Do I look like I give a shit about smiling? Yeah, all I could remember was Gunpowder Milkshake and School for Good and Evil. And I was like, there must be other ones. <laughs> Mike wouldn't make this a category if there was only two picks. Right. Four, um, though, fair game. Yeah, it's all in. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I remember that, you know, this was only a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I feel like we covered this. Yeah, I mean, it, it was so original and different. I think I think the reason I'm picking it over something like Gunpowder Milkshake is Gunpowder Milkshake felt like so much more of like a letdown. Like that has so much promise in this kind of cool uh, girls with guns revival type movie, right? Right. Like movie that she sort of, yo, sort of originated with the yes, madam and all those movies. Um, and it kind of doesn't quite live up to that, that expectation. So I was like, eh, if I have to pick between only these two movies, <laughs> cause that's all I can remember. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go with school for good and evil. And yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's pretty fun. It's kind of interesting. It's got a lot of neat ideas, but it definitely suffers from the, like, got to set up a franchise and it's two and a half hours long and all this stuff. But, um, overall and, and yo, isn't in it. Uh, as much as I would want, but like, yeah, between those two movies, I'm going school for good and evil. Okay. Uh, so school for good and evil, Mike D's pick for best streaming film. Uh, my best streaming film, uh, was crouching tiger, hidden dragon, sword of destiny. Uh, the sequel to crouching tiger released 16 years after the original. Uh, I don't think this was originally intended to be uh, a Netflix original. Uh, and then I think Weinstein sold it off and, uh, just put it out on Netflix, uh, directed by Yun Wu Ping. Uh, it stars Michelle Yeoh reprising her role from the original movie, uh, and Paris rope with Donnie Yen. So this movie completely lacks the majesty of the original crash and tiger right like, <laughs> yes. d yeah. does not look nearly as good <laughs> you know it doesn't doesn't uh, have that same kind of operatic quality to it but and whooping action scenes man they're pretty cool and you know who else is cool donnie fucking yeah <laughs> yeah that's that fight scene in the uh like tavern on the road with all the other guys on his that joined up his squad yep that shit rules. Yes, absolutely. And I think Donnie Yen was in three Michelle Yeoh movies. He's in the three-timers club, I'm pretty sure. Donnie Yen uh, was in Butterfly and Sword, Wing Chun, and Crashing Tiger 2. He was also the action choreographer on Moonlight Express. Right. Uh, so there was that. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Michelle Yeoh was also in Master Z, It Man Legacy, which is a spinoff of the Donnie Yen It Man series. Uh, so I think there's archive footage of him in that movie, too. Yes, um, yeah. But uh, Donnie Yen, somebody who uh, 
you know, I, I've always really enjoyed, uh, and especially around like 2016, 2017, um, there was the one, two punch of rogue one, a star Wars story and triple X three, the return of Xander cage, yeah. uh, where Donnie Yen was the clear standout in both movies, both American movies. And I was like, I gotta watch some Donnie Yen stuff. This guy rules. Uh, he's incredible, especially in triple X three. He's he's like, like this, the movie can't keep up with how good Donnie Yen is yeah. in triple X three. And so I had seen a few more Donnie Yen movies like since then. Uh, and then really this past year, um, I got really into the Ant man movies. I watched all of those, uh, cause I knew we were doing master Z on this podcast. And then also John wick four came out and, uh, Donnie Yen currently my best supporting actor front runner, uh, for, <laughs> <laughs> for, uh, for the year in film in 2023. I think he's just so incredible incredible on John Wick 4. Uh, and so, yeah, getting to watch him in Butterfly and Sword and Wing Chun and Crouching Tiger 2, uh, he really delivers, man. He's he's so good in pretty much everything. I can't really remember what, like, it's the same thing, like, sort of like Sambo Hung, like, what I would have known Donnie Yen from. But, yeah, he's just one of those guys that, like, holy shit, this dude rocks anytime he's in an American movie. Maybe it was Rogue One, but I would like to think I was much yeah. cooler than that and doing uh, before then. He's but. in Blade 2. Maybe Blade 2. Could be that. <laughs> Maybe that. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, he rules. So getting to see a lot of his really early stuff through this pod was uh, very exciting. That's who I thought would have been your pick for frequent collaborator. I mean, I, I have been going hard on Donnie Yen lately. Uh, I actually just got I got it in the mail today. Um, Shout Factory recently had a martial arts uh, Blu-ray sale. Uh, nice. And I got I got the Tiger Cage collection. Uh, which uh, all, all movies uh, starring Donnie Yen and directed by Yun Wu Ping. Uh, Hell yeah. So oh, excited we should, to watch uh, those. We, speaking of Blu-rays, we should have mentioned maybe at the top, coming into the Criterion Collection in February, I yeah, think. Yeah, baby. Uh, so <laughs> I remember we talked about this on the episode. Like I had read that like Criterion got the rights to them or something, and they're just yeah. kind of putting it together. Um, but the Heroic Trio and Executioners are being released as a Criterion 2-pack. They're releasing a Blu-ray of those two movies. Let's go. We're yes. around the forefront, baby. Yeah, I, I got to imagine it's because of us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they saw the votes on that that poll and they were like, we got to find out about this Michelle Yeoh lady. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Um, all right. So best streaming film. Uh, my pick was Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon 2. And Mike D's was The School for Good and Evil. Uh, now we're moving on into our next category, which is worst movie. Uh, I think in our Nicolas Cage finale, we made it like a, a countdown, like our top five least favorite Nicolas Cage movies. Uh, and while we had fun doing that, uh, like we said, we'd like to kind of focus on the positivity. We like to kind of, you know, mostly fi uh, fixate on the stuff that we like. That said, I do like, just out of curiosity. I am curious uh, what Mike D's least favorite movie is. And I think that people want to know what, what our <laughs> least favorite movie was in this entire run of movies. Uh, so what what was, in your opinion, the worst movie we've talked about on this season so far, Mike? Um, I think it was boss level. I, I, need to fight with I have no idea what you just said. Oh, I, I need to learn how to fight with a sword. There is something intriguing about you that I like. I'm flying home to Shanghai in the morning. I would only have a day. I think we can get a lot done in a day. Yeah, just having that a whole movie sort of be inspired by video games while simultaneously being like look at these fucking nerds right like the whole like the whole time um and just i mean it's, it starts out pretty interesting like starts out kind of fun having t fun with the tongue-in-cheek this guy's stuck in a time loop and he's this big action guy he's being chased by all these assassins and he keeps dying and respawning every day and he's aware of that and blah 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 um and then it's just like turning into like world is ending and all this weird shit and what is uh naomi watts doing in this movie and why is yeah. Mel gibson in this movie 
quoting Hitler? Like, what is going on in here? Um, <laughs> and yeah, just and just also, like we said, talked about before, it kind of has a real big waste of Michelle Yeoh's potential. So just overall, like, bleh, worst taste in my mouth was boss level. Yeah, uh, I think that's an absolutely fair one. It is uh, it's high up there for me as well uh, in terms of the worst movie. However, it is not my pick. My pick for worst movie that Michelle Yeoh is in uh, is Babylon A.D. Uh, <laughs> OK, so I forgot that movie was an option. Um, wait a second. <laughs> hmm. Is that a Does that mean it's worse than boss level if I forgot it existed? That's a, that's a good question. I mean, hmm. uh, you you disliked boss level so much that you knew right away it was the movie that you yeah wanted to uh, call the worst movie. So maybe not. I don't know. That's maybe not. I did watch that extra documentary too, uh, fucking Kasovitz or whatever yes. the director's name is. But uh, uh, tell us, tell us about Babylon AD. Babylon AD sucks. It's really <laughs> bad. <laughs> Yeah, uh, this is a Vin Diesel action movie from 2008. Uh, and I generally like Vin Diesel. Like I was just praising triple X three a few minutes ago on this right. podcast. You know, I, I think Babylon AD is a completely incomprehensible movie. Um, it feels like a warmed over version of children of men. Uh, you know, we talked about biggest waste of Michelle Yeoh and my pick was mechanical resurrection, but Babylon AD right up there. Man. It's, it's real uh, close. Yeah, it's, it's real close. Uh, I think it's, it's a really weird movie in terms of like Vin Diesel's relationship to like this, uh, you know, girl who Michelle Yeoh is sort of watching after and he has to take her and then he starts up a romantic relationship with her and it's kind of weird. And I, it's just, there's a lot of icky stuff that's happening in the movie. And I think all of the action does not look great. Uh, and yeah. And Michelle Yeoh's character, uh, just feels completely flat. It's, it, it feels like a big waste of her in the movie. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's my pick for worst movie Babylon AD. She's like, almost could be this like cool warrior nun thing, right? Yes. She's like in a convent and all this stuff. Uh, and she has a little bit of that. She does get to do some fight scenes. Right. Is, yeah. She's, she's effectively the second lead of the movie, but she just it feels like she has nothing to do. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. And then, that, then she does get involved in a couple of fight scenes, which is fun. And that's why it's a better use of her than mechanic resurrection. Fair. <laughs> Uh, but all right, there you go. Th those are our picks for, uh, the worst movie that we've covered on this podcast, uh, boss level and, uh, Babylon AD. Uh, and now for something, uh, more positive, the most delightful random scene that you want to highlight. Um, I had one scene like specifically in mind that I wanted to talk about and I didn't really have any other avenue to do it. In. <laughs> Just uh, excuse for Mike to talk about a thing. Exactly. Um, but I'm curious, you know, you saw that category uh, and I'm curious what you uh, decided to put in there, Mike. What is your most delightful random scene that you want to highlight? I mean, it could just be sort of like all of everything everywhere all at once. Right. In some like if you sure. just like took any 30 second slice of Michelle Yeoh in that you're like, this is a light. But that's not really I don't think the spirit uh, of this category so i'm going with and i might even have the movie wrong the tofu fight in wing chun okay is, is that tai chi master i couldn't remember no, you're right that, that is in wing chun that is wing chun yeah i mean that like also could potentially be in like the top five stunt work scene uh, i put it in my top five <laughs> <laughs> perfect good 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 <laughs> um but yeah that just is such a it feels like if you wanted to maybe take a, a 30 second slice and be like this is what Michelle Yeoh, like in, in her sort of like Lifetime Achievement Oscars uh, reel, like I think this goes in there for sure. This little fight between uh, 
that Donnie Yen in Wing Chun, right? You said? Uh, yep. Because, yeah, uh, where he kind of like rolls into town and he's uh, just wants to get some tofu and, and like this whole thing. And yeah, they just like have this big little like, you know, f- fight meet cute thing <laughs> that happens in a lot of these movies where like right. we fall in love while we're fighting um, thing over just a plate of tofu and spilling it and up up on the tables and the chairs and balancing and the wire free stuff. And it's uh, yeah, a little what a little delightful scene. Yes, absolutely. I actually don't think um, I don't think it's Donnie Yen in that fight. I think the uh, the, the context of the fight the tofu fight is that um, somebody has like challenged Michelle Yeoh because like she's a woman and she can't oh, be a martial yes. arts master. Uh, and so like, you know, the biggest, toughest guy in town is challenging her. And she says like, if you can grab the tofu from me, uh, then you will win the fight. And, uh, so, and then she makes a fool of him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Obliterates him. <laughs> yes. And then Donnie Yen comes in the movie a little bit later, but that's like your introduction to Michelle Yeoh as Wing Chun. And it's very fun. Yes. Uh, and I'll talk about it a little more when it's in my top five uh, for the stunts action set pieces. Uh, the reason I, uh, made this category uh the most delightful random scene that you want to highlight uh is from the very first movie that we talked about the owl versus bombo okay uh, I, yeah and that is uh samuel hung's little musical number uh in <laughs> in the owl versus bombo. his little singing in the rain sequence uh is is so great he just does like a little gene kelly dance for like two minutes uh just dancing around the fountain uh and it's it's one of the most it put a, such a big smile on my face uh yeah <laughs> well, especially, you know, I mean, that was such a delight at the time for a movie that we thought we might not be able to find, like right down to the wire where we were like finally able to get a copy of it. And we were like, what is this potentially forgotten garbage movie going to be? And then 30 minutes in or whatever, this happens. And you're just like, oh, my God, <laughs> this is incredible. Uh, and, he, and then him trying to get the cherry on the table doing the Charlie Chaplin thing. And it's just like. Mwah, chef's kiss is that yes. Al- i think that's alvarez bombo right that is yeah and that's yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's such a great uh you know i really enjoyed alvarez's bombo it's super fun and there are some great action sequences in it but uh it's much more focused on the kind of physical comedy aspect of it all uh and really using like uh sammo hung's physicality i think what's great about sammo hung is that you know he is built like a bigger guy you know he's always like in on the action set pieces he's super great but uh i think in this movie it shows like kind of how graceful he can be in doing some of these stuff and that and that whole sequence where he's like kind of wooing the girl by the fountain and doing his whole thing uh as gene kelly uh is just so fun and so funny uh and so yeah i really enjoyed it i wanted to throw that one in there musical the musical number in the alvarez's bombo yes absolutely and, and that actually um not this specific scene but in that john woo interview he's, he talks about like being in love with uh musicals and having always wanted to make a musical and how many times he went to see west side story in the theaters and oh nice and all that stuff and, and also being obsessed with uh, Les Samurai and like Elaine Delon French movies, which they name check him in Twinkle Twinkle Lucky Stars. That's like the alias they give is Elaine oh, Delon. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, it was one of those things where I was like, man, there's so much interesting connections between all these guys working at this time uh, in Hong Kong movies. Um, and yeah, that's one of our favorite parts, I think, or at least one of my favorite parts uh, or elements of a lot of these movies is how connected the Hong Kong filmmakers were or are to uh, like silent era physical comedy and musical numbers and all this stuff. And that really all comes through in in how much the action scenes are choreographed to like big old dance musical numbers (laughs) Um, and and all that. So yeah, that's a great pick. And I think this might've, that scene might've even popped into my head when I was reading this category and I was like, that's probably should be a Michelle Yeoh scene. Right. So I switched it to the, the this, the tofu fight, I but this fair. is definitely in there. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, nice. I, I got one last category here, Mike, uh, yes. and then we can move on to part two of this. Uh, now that we're an hour into the podcast, the weirdest co-star is the, uh, is this category. Um, and so I threw this one in there um, because I think there are certain people where you hear it and it's like, Oh, it's weird that Michelle Yeoh was in a movie with this person. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think I know, I think you might've explained to me why you were creating this category. Yeah. I totally agree with your pick. And that would also be in a normal circumstance would be my pick also. Okay, cool, cool. But But you, but you have a different choice, but I have a different choice and I don't really know if it's necessarily a weird co-star as much as it is one of the weirdest movies that we covered. And I think I forgot about it for the very long time, but you did name check it in the intro. So I'm going with Sean Bean. For the movie Far North, because that movie, I'm pretty sure, ends with Michelle Yeoh putting her daughter's, cutting her daughter's face off and wearing it like a mask. So Sean Bean runs out into the tundra to die. Uh, uh, well, you, you forget the fact that the, she she cuts her daughter's face off, uh, wears it like a mask to seduce Sean Bean. Oh, that's right. So yeah. they're having sex, and then and then he re- realizes that he's she's wearing her daughter's face. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> um, yes, that's right. Because he's fallen in love with the daughter, and she's fallen in love with him, Michelle Yeoh. So yeah. she must kill her daughter and wear her face like Leatherface and trick him into having sex with her. Uh, and then I'm pretty sure he kisses her. And it falls off, and that's when he jumps the mask, her daughter's face. <laughs> right. He jumps up and runs out of the hut uh, naked, just off into the tundra to die. Uh, and then it's just like slow fade to credits. <laughs> You're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, so I really just wanted to bring up the movie Far North <laughs> um, yeah. with uh, this category. But I don't really, you know, Sean Bean, also in a Bond movie, the movie in, in GoldenEye right before Tomorrow Never Dies. There's, there's, it's not that weird that they'd be in a movie together. He's in, you know, a lot of those 90s action movies and stuff. So I don't think, you know, just on paper, it's a weird pairing, but it's a weird movie. Yes, uh, 100%. I think that's a great choice. Uh, and, it's good, <laughs> and it's good to bring that up because, yeah, I don't think Far North would have come up otherwise on the, exactly. on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, and then my other one is a movie that uh, also probably would not have come up otherwise. But uh, I think the weirdest co-star, like the one where you would be like, huh, Michelle Yeoh is in a movie with this guy uh, is Dane Cook in <laughs> The Touch. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just like uh, what? Yeah. And so, uh, you know, this is a period of time uh, post Crash and Tiger, Hidden Dragon. We talked about it uh, on the podcast where Michelle Yeoh started her own production company in Hong Kong and was trying to make these um, Hong Kong movies that would kind of translate to American audiences. They made two movies before shutting down. Michelle Yeoh was the star of both of them. The Touch and Silver Hawk. Both movies. Bad. Not not very good. No, no good. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind, kind of a whiff. Uh, it was a, you know, a blank check thing and it did not work. Uh, the Touch was directed by Peter Powell, who is the cinematographer for Crouch and Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Uh, and Dane Cook is like the bad guy's henchman in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think there's a se- there is a sequence where Michelle Yeoh and her co-star like beat up Dane Cook. Like he gets involved in an action sequence, I think, at some point. I think so. Yeah, I think um, they like are trying to rescue somebody. The bad guys have kidnapped and they break in and it's a big old fist fight with everybody. Yes. Uh, and it feels very influenced by like uh, the mummy was a big hit a couple years earlier. And it's kind of like that kind of traversing through the desert sort of, you know, adventure kind of film. And yeah, the movie itself, pretty bad. A uh, couple of OK action set pieces. But just it's a weird thing that like, oh, yeah, Dane Cook was in this movie. Like I, it's it, I feel like that's one of those guys where it's like, oh, it's weird that anybody was in a movie with Dane Cook, but like specifically Michelle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dan Cook really made a go at it in there for a while. Uh, oh, yeah. He was he was the, like the biggest stand up in the world for like three years. Yeah. Uh, but I was going to say about like, within movies uh, making a go oh, yes. at it. Yeah. I think the touch might have one of the single worst looking sequences in anything that we ever covered for this season, which is like the big Indiana Jones puzzle thing towards the end when they're in like the big room and the floor is collapsing and they're like all on big teetering pillars of stone and the floor is lava and it's like... And it's like very clearly just like 
people on five foam green screen things <laughs> you know it's just like all looks awful yeah but overall i don't think it's like obviously that's that wasn't my pick for the worst movie but it's not no, no good dirty rotten <laughs> down <Yeah>. movie <laughs> yeah it was not very good it's also weird like dane like going back to dane cook oh yeah sorry um it's weird like this movie came out in 2002 so it's actually like before dane cook really blew up it's ahead um, of the curve on dane ahead cook. of the curve yeah they knew this guy was gonna be big uh you know it was before the vicious circle tour and right all, all that stuff and and yeah, I'm like looking at the Dane Cook filmography now and there's Employee of the Month and Good Luck Chuck and Dan in Real Life. And those are all like 2006, 2007. Like it's all happening wow. right around there. We were four years early on Dane Cook. Yeah. Yeah. They were they were ahead of curve on that. But uh, yeah. So yeah, he he is my choice for weirdest co-star. Just like an odd thing where it's like, oh, yeah, like they feel like they shouldn't be in the same universe together. No. You know? <laughs> What agent is putting those two people together? Right. right. <laughs> but yes, there you go. And your choice was Sean Bean in Far North, more for the content of the movie than for actually uh, it being yeah. Sean Bean. Yes, correct. Um, more, but they, more people should see Far North? Question mark. I don't yeah. even know if I could recommend that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's an okay movie. It looks pretty good. It looks pretty yeah. nice. You know, look the Arctic tundra and all that. And it is, I think, an interesting like um, you know, it's a truly like indie movie that Michelle Yeoh was the lead of. And I don't think right. there's really like another example of that. You know, in, Amer in American films, which I don't think it was American. It might have been like Canadian or British or something. Yeah, it was like a documentarian, right? And went off yeah. and made this movie with them. Yeah. I don't know. It's just really fascinating uh, movie that ends in the most insane way. You can end yeah, the movie. it's like it's like a kind of boring movie that has the most insane ending you can ever imagine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but that there you go. Those are our categories. Uh, so to recap, best cameo. My pick was Guardians Two. What was your pick, Mike? Twinkle Twinkle Lucky Stars slash Alan Popey Two Messy Temple. Because what a messy temple it was. It certainly was. Uh, our picks for best entrance. We both picked Morgan and A Haunting in Venice uh, in second yep. place. Uh, best TV show. We both picked American Born Chinese. Best voice role. Uh, you picked Kung Fu Panda Two. I pivoted and said Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. <laughs> it really uh, zigged when I zagged. <laughs> exactly. Uh, biggest waste of Michelle Yeoh. Your pick was. What was your pick again, Mike? Pause of Fury. Legend of Hank. Okay. Legend of Hank. You got Here's it right that pause. time. No, you, you got go. you got it right. Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank. Uh, and then mine was Mechanic Resurrection. Um, best Frequent Collaborator. Mike's pick was Sammo Hung, and my pick was Young Wu Ping. Uh, best Streaming Film. Mike, Mike's pick was The School for Good and Evil, and mine was Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Sword of Destiny. Uh, worst Movie. Mike picked Boss Level, and I picked Babylon AD. Uh, most Delightful Random Scene that you want to highlight. Uh, you picked the Tofu Fight in Wing Chun, and I picked the Musical Number in The Owl vs. Bombo. And uh, Weirdest Co-Star. Mike picked Sean Bean in Far North, and I picked Dane Cook in The Touch. Uh, and that takes us through part one of this many, many part episode. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's get right into the next one, Mike. We're going to transition into our next parts of this uh, episode. Uh, and to transition us into there, uh, we're going to hear a selection of some music from Michelle Yeoh's movies. Uh, here is the theme song to Tomorrow Never Dies by Sheryl Crow.
All right, that was from Tomorrow Never Dies by Cheryl Crow. And uh, for this section of the podcast, we are counting down our top five action set pieces slash stunts uh, in the entire filmography of Michelle Yeoh. And there is a lot of stuff to choose from here, Mike. There is. Uh, uh, it, it was hard not to just be like that we made it my quintilogy or whatever. <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> just every, all, those five uh, movies in a row. I will say three out of my five are from the We Made It My Quintilogy. Oh, interesting. <laughs> uh, so it sounds like you mixed it up a little bit, which is great. I, tr- I tried to, yeah. So, uh, Mike D, we'll start with you. What is your number five Michelle Yeoh action set piece slash stunt of all time? So my number five is only number five because I don't remember specifically how much Michelle Yeoh is involved in this set piece, but it is Wonder 7 shooting the elevator out of the elevator shaft like a bullet to shoot down a helicopter. I think Michelle Yeoh is in the helicopter, not in the elevator. Right. Right. So I'm. this could be number one all time forever. Yeah. But Michelle Yeoh is technically not part of the stunt. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm putting it number five. Yeah. And yeah, they kind of. I also think they use some CGI. Like, I don't think they actually shot an elevator into a helicopter. <laughs> you never know. We don't know. <laughs> but, you know, in those early Hong Kong days, it was, it was the Wild West, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Mostly, I just wanted an excuse to bring this up because this is the most batshit insane uh, idea ever where um, the bad guy is getting away, I think, with Michelle Yeoh in the helicopter. And yeah. uh, they strap some C4 that is rigged to detonate the building. They de- they rig it to the elevator and detonate it, uh, which launches it like a bullet up the elevator shaft out of the roof of the building and shoots down the, <laughs> the helicopter or <laughs> knocks the helicopter out of the air. Uh, and that is fucking insane. So uh, yeah. I just wanted to put that on here. Top five action set piece. Wonder seven. Yeah. I mean, uh, a great choice. I had that as an honorable mention um, <laughs> for my action set pieces as well, because uh, Wonder seven, a movie I feel like I liked less than you. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, because I'm pretty sure it's going to be your number one movie of the entire podcast. <laughs> a movie, I, But I, I had a good time with it uh, and I really loved like just how absolutely bonkers that last half hour was like it's, it's yeah. a truly great climax uh and so yeah that that whole elevator bullet sequence a great choice for your number five mike thanks uh and then my number five uh is the only uh sort of Ameri- american-ish movie on the list technically british uh i'm going with the motorcycle chase uh from the helicopter in tomorrow never dies um, oh where michelle Yeoh and pierce brosnan are both handcuffed to a motorcycle and they're being chased down by a helicopter through town uh and i believe they are fighting over over who gets to drive the motorcycle it's oddly yes. it's weirdly similar to a scene from mission impossible dead reckoning part one uh, which came out earlier this year where tom cruise and Haley atwell are handcuffed to a car together and they're like being chased by people and all that kind of stuff and they're fighting over who's driving and at one point the car tumbles and they switch seats and it's it's pretty wild but uh, yeah tomorrow never dies um i think a really really fun action movie like i had such a great time watching it again for this podcast. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, gave me a greater appreciation for it. Like, I think it is now my favorite Brosnan bond. I, it, was, it was golden eye for a very long time, but I think tomorrow never dies. Like it's just, it's that right mix of just absolutely insane batshit action. Uh, and you know, the extreme suaveness of Pierce Brosnan to the point of like almost self parody, uh, and Michelle Yeoh just truly kicking ass in the movie. It's a great, it's, it's her American debut. Um, again, American British, whatever, but like, you know, English language debut. Yeah. Uh, and she kills it in this movie. Like she, she's easily like a top five bond girl, probably the best one. Uh, and I think she, she's so great in this movie and that whole set piece is so much fun. 
Hell yes. I can't believe friend of the show Nick is going to be so mad that you any praise has been uh, given uh, to Tomorrow Never Dies, uh, one of his least favorite Bond movies. But yeah, that's very exciting. Um, I thought I'd be the only one talking about that movie on the episode today. So I'm excited that you put it in there. And yeah, that that uh, motorcycle slash helicopter chase is definitely the highlight of that movie. No. Nice. Uh, all right. So what's your number four action set piece slash stunt of all time, Mike? So this is uh, the stunt woman, which is, of course, the movie where she was like very seriously injured, uh, almost yeah. died if she hadn't. The doctor uh, told her that if she hadn't been in such good shape and so flexible, <laughs> her spine would have broken. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, that stunt is insane. It's in the movie. And then, of course, the outtakes, uh, much like all of those kind of Hong Kong and also Jackie Chan movies uh, include the end credits include uh, outtakes and things. Um, so you see the actual take where she is injured, where she is jumping off a bridge into a uh, moving truck, I think, right, is what's going on there. And um, she does it. And, and she I heard her tell the story on the uh, on WTF with Mark Marin where they filmed the wide shot and it's like a 40 or 30 foot jump or something. And she lands perfect. It's amazing. And the director's like, okay, let's do a 10 foot jump so we can get close up of you. Uh, and that's the one where she landed to landed wrong and her like legs went up over her back, over her head and, uh, almost killed her, which is insane. So yeah, yeah that's, um, the stunt woman. And this movie I think is really unique in the Michelle Yeoh filmography in that it is about the, the industry of making movies. It is not an action movie per se, but there's a lot of action in it because she is a stunt, you know, she's a stunt woman in it. Uh, so it's just yeah. an interesting, um, look uh, the, at the other side of these Hong Kong action movies. Um, so yeah, stunt woman number four. Yeah. I, uh, I had considered putting this in my list as well. Uh, and I think I will consider it an honorable mention, uh, same, same deal there. Uh, cause yeah, I, it is really interesting watching, uh, that movie and watching the end credits specifically. Uh, and you compare that to almost every other time you see like stunts in the, at the end of Hong Kong movies, like you do in police story three, super cop, yeah. uh, or like, you know, every Jackie Chan movie ends with like, yo, here are all the stunts and the bloopers and like all the stuff that went, wrong uh and it's usually like you know oh, everybody's having a good time or they're laughing or you know you see jackie chan get wheeled off into an ambulance but he's like gives a thumbs up like oh, i'm okay yeah uh, and the end credits of the stunt woman are incredibly somber uh yeah. and <laughs> they're just like uh like you see that stunt go wrong and you see everybody like really worried for michelle yo's safety uh and it's uh, it's kind of like a sobering reminder of how dangerous uh, this can all be uh and for the fact that that to happen on that movie specifically which is about how dangerous being a stunt woman is right yeah. uh, <laughs> you know uh it it really um it throws that point home and uh yeah it's really effective um so yeah i think it's a great choice for your number four mike thank you what's your number four uh my number four is the tofu fight in wing chun <laughs> Yeah, nice. <laughs> uh, on the complete flip side of things, a very fun scene. Uh, and we kind of talked about it already, but it is, uh, yeah, it's just a great scene where the guy, a guy comes in and he's like, uh, you know, a woman can't be a master of Wing Chun or, or of this martial art or whatever. And so she, uh, you know, does the whole tofu thing. And uh, yeah, it's, it's such an incredible ballet of uh, skill uh, where the, the tofu's up in the air. She's going up in the air. She's standing on the chair. She's standing on the table. She's like do, doing uh, just unbelievable things. And uh, it's, it's a combination of Michelle Yeoh's physicality and young Wu Ping's choreography. Uh, and it all just kind of meshes together so well. Uh, and it's so funny. It's, it's just <laughs> a, like, like you said, like in your, uh, kind of, you know, it's such a delightful scene. Uh, yeah. it's so great. <laughs> yeah. She just so uh, thoroughly embarrasses that guy and, and really just, uh, lays him out for, for thinking he can, uh, overpower her or whatever. And she's so nimble and graceful in that. And yeah, I mean, it's funny, you know, Yun Wu Ping, it's also the, the Samo Hung fight in, in, uh, <laughs> 
Ip Man 2, basically, up on the table, up on the chairs, like all that kind of stuff. Same same deal, but just so, so, chef's kiss in in, uh, Wing Chun. Yes. Yeah, so, so good. So that is my number four. Mike D, what is your number three action set piece slash stunt in Michelle Yeoh's career? Um, my number three pick is um, just kind of all of Police Story 3 Supercop. <laughs> just kind of picture to take your pick. Um, yep. I mean, I guess this could have also been, uh, now I'm thinking about it, one of the best entrances, even though it's not necessarily her entrance into the movie. Uh, but I'll just highlight that uh, the the fight scene where um, Jackie Chan has gone back to like his home village and it's like all the police are pretending to be his family, like the, all the other undercover cops, right? Right. And this whole thing where they like finally meet the criminal and they, somebody recognizes them, blah, blah, blah. And it turns into this whole big fight scene in like the, the market square outside where Michelle Yeoh does this whole like strikes a pose and the camera like crash zooms or zooms out. Actually, I think it is on her as she strikes this awesome pose. Um, and then they like reference that in, I think maybe super cop two actually with the bank fault. Uh, but anyway, right. um, yeah, I'll just pick that. I guess that whole fight scene in the market square is awesome. But like that, that pose in particular is like, holy shit, Michelle Yeoh is ready to fight. It's going to yes. be awesome. Yeah, it's so, um, so great. Uh, so good. But I mean, really, I guess also the the, the motorcycle on the hell on the train, the hel- helicopter, everything in, in this movie, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, stay tuned. Uh, Police Story 3 might come up uh, later on my list. Uh, I thought so. <laughs> uh, my number three is uh, the final fight in Royal Warriors. Um, specifically, Chainsaw Duel um, yeah. is, is the coolest thing that's ever happened. Uh, I mean, Royal Warriors has a bunch of insane action set pieces there's the uh the opening one which is on the plane um which is so fun and so ridiculous Uh, and then you have the nightclub shootout um but really that whole extended final set piece which uh you know after michelle yo's not lover because they don't actually get together but like you know her her suitor i guess like the guy who's like hopelessly in love with michelle yo uh and she like is like oh i'm busy being a cop uh (laughs) she he uh he dies the villain kills him or one the villain keeps changing throughout the movie there's like a whole like it's it's like an older like it's a group of people and like once one of them dies the other one has to avenge them and all that stuff it's like many hong kong movies it gets really overly complicated very fast yeah um but uh that final like chainsaw duel that whole that whole set piece with like the mine car in like the construction site uh it's so great it's it's so much fun and so inventive and so wild uh and yeah i, I just every once in a while think about man Remember that chainsaw duel there from Royal Warriors? Man, that was cool. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, didn't um, Yo also suffer like a serious burn for, in this movie because they like lit the tank on fire that she's in or some shit, right? <laughs> yeah, I believe that's true, yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I forgot she shows up in a tank at the uh, <laughs> at the end of the movie. <laughs> That should actually that should have been best entrance. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, about I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> those movies were crazy. Yeah, and she's like fighting this guy over possession of her, like her boyfriend, or like you said, her suitor or whatever is uh, like corpse, yes. <laughs> or a coffin, basic casket. Uh, very wild. Yeah, and it's Michelle Yeoh and Hiroyuki Sonata in the movie too, uh. Um, who uh, is joining her for that final fight um, as like her, the other good guy. Uh, and Hiroyuki Sonata recently in John Wick Four as well, uh, and killing it in that movie too. Uh, I mean, he's he's in a lot of stuff. All, like all, he's in a lot of American movies, um, but uh, yeah, really fun to watch him in this like '80s Hong Kong thing. Uh, so yeah, that's Royal Warriors. My the final fight basically is my number three. What's your number two, Mike? Uh, my number two is uh, another Yun Wu Ping joint. Uh, and that is the sword fight between Michelle Yeoh and uh, Zhang Ziyi at the end of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon or the middle, whatever that happens, I forget. Yeah. Uh, it's just like a 
eight minute <laughs> start like straight up nonstop uh battle they're having uh start i think starts as a fist fight uh that quickly escalates to them grabbing the weapons off the walls uh of the dojo that they're in and just just like a blazing fast brutal nonstop like crazy action sword fight uh that is just beautiful and amazing to watch um and i recently watched a netflix animated show uh called blue eye samurai that uh, has a lot of like crazy swordplay stuff in it that just made me be like losing my mind while I was watching it, and then yeah. made me remember this scene and be like, "Holy shit, this is so good!" So that's yeah, number put put it. It would have probably been on the list somewhere, but that that like made me just so jazzed about this type of scene uh, that it threw it all the way up to number two. <laughs> nice, uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Uh, an excellent choice. I, I realize now um, that I didn't put any Crouching Tiger on my action set pieces list, uh, and that feels ridiculous. That, that <laughs> feels. Like I really messed up. <laughs> Could, you know, it's another one of those. Could be take your thirty second pick from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and right. it's the best action movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that that seems insane. But uh, yeah, just listeners know, Crouching Tiger rules. So good, <laughs> so good. Uh, my number two uh, is basically the last thirty minutes, uh, the entire final fight of Yes, Madam. Yes. Yeah. So uh, this is the movie that we had like. We we had seen this before this podcast started. Uh, we talked about it in that episode. We we saw it uh, at Cinema Apocalypse at the Alamo Draft House. The six movie mystery marathon that was basically just like, what does Agatha have in the vault? I don't know. Let's <laughs> put, let's play that right. Uh, and this was the first movie they showed, and we had never seen it before. And we were like, our minds were blown, like blown out the back of our heads. Like we couldn't yeah. believe how good. Yes, Madam was, uh, and especially that last like 30 minutes, um, which is just such a, a long, sustained action set piece with Michelle Yeoh and Cynthia Rothrock just beating up dozens of dudes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and there's one moment. Um, I, this is, I think, Michelle Yeoh's actual like, first big stunt of her career uh, where she kind of like dives backwards through a pane of glass. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's just so great. Uh, and yeah, everything about that, uh, that whole final set piece of Yes, Madam, uh, the movie itself, I think the movie rocks throughout uh you know I, I really love yes madam but the like what really makes it a masterpiece is the that last 30 minutes which really is like a, a star making turn for michelle yo yeah absolutely i mean to transition to my number one pick it's the last 30 minutes of yes madam <laughs> uh, <laughs> that makes mostly, sense yeah mostly because uh having this been our introduction uh to to michelle yo to all that and then to learn that this sort of uh you know catapulted and or created the sort of like girls with guns subgenre for Hong Kong movies and all that stuff. And then she's in a couple more, the after the fact created in the line of duty franchise, which we now love three and four from yeah, <laughs> um, were a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, so this whole, this whole movie, this whole thing, you know, having uh, the sweetheart of it all and all that stuff is so much fun. And the kind of like, literally looney tunes bugs bunny jokes stuff like here hold this and it's like a stick of dynamite and yep. he like puts the fingers in his ear and he blows up and <laughs> all that stuff uh is very fun and then it, right at the very beginning actually this movie starts with just like a kick-ass michelle yo action scene where it's like this flasher guy which is yeah. very funny um and somehow that erupts into a gun battle and i don't really quite remember the the 30 second connection between those two things <laughs> like how that makes sense yeah michelle yeah was like running down the street hiding behind a rolling vehicle with a shotgun and then she's doing dirty harry and like all this stuff yep. it's awesome and then the movie starts <laughs> and it's just that nonstop. cynthia rothrock is great and yeah that whole fight scene at the end uh in the the bad guy's uh, mansion with his dozens of henchmen and Dick Way is awesome in it, uh, is a great henchman. And like all these early Hong Kong movies, which, you know, insane, complicated real estate scam plot 
Yep. That makes no sense, only to end with the bad guy going, ha, 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 I win, and then cut to credits. You're just like, what the <laughs> fuck? What is happening? Right? Like, I'll yep. be out of prison in no time. Cut to, cut to black. You're just yeah. like, what? Um, it's very funny. So, yeah, I mean, yes, madam, rules. Love this movie. Nice. Yeah, so that is your number one as well uh, for action set beasts and stunt. Uh, and then my number one um, is one that you mentioned before, Mike, which is basically all of Police Story 3 Super Cop. Uh, <laughs> yes. Really, I, I said that I said it again like basically the entire last 30 minutes of police story three yeah <laughs> um and it really specifically the motorcycle jump onto the train is pretty unbelievable i mean we yeah. talked about that stunt uh, at length on that episode uh where michelle Yeoh, like learned how to ride a motorcycle to do that stunt like yeah. she'd never r- driven one before you know and uh to just be able to drive a motorcycle and jump it onto a moving train is is pretty unbelievable and like you did it for real you know right. and there's so many scenes in uh police story three like you watch the uh the outtakes at the end of it and you see michelle Yeoh like fall off a bus onto a car's windshield right and like, yeah and bounce just, off the car yeah and like bounce off the car and knock into the street and it's like oh man well, she's dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, yeah. but in fact, no, uh, she's made of steel. Uh, and uh, yeah, and everybody in Hong Kong was at that time, I guess. Like, it's just, it's truly bananas, uh, some of the stuff they were able to do uh, in those Hong Kong movies. Uh, and so, yeah, the entire last 30 minutes of Police Story 3 Super Cop uh, are my pick for number one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, great, great stuff. And yeah, I, I remember also, I think, hearing the story that, um, you know, her and Jackie Chan, this is kind of like one upping each other. He's the first, she's the first woman he co starred with, right? Or or something yes. there's that whole weird thing where they were constantly one-upping each other and then eventually i think jackie chan was like we have to stop like one of us is gonna die <laughs> like because like, he's hanging off a helicopter for like 20 minutes straight at the yeah. end of this movie just like what is happening well absolutely wild that movie rocks yes uh absolutely so that is uh that is our top five uh do you have any honorable mentions that you want to get into mike i didn't i didn't put anything down i was really i guess you know this movie more might fall into the uh delightful moments I want to highlight to Magnificent Warriors when she's just like on a mounted gun and it's just like like blown away Japanese soldiers and then it's just like ha ha and like thumbs up and laughs so you're just like yeah this rules Um, but (laughs) but that movie's also so good the town's on fire scene in that movie right where she's like running away from all the guards on a horse or something like that that scene rules and yeah really just any of those D&B basically up to easy money (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, great any 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 part of those movies could be it yeah absolutely i would say some honorable mentions that i wanted to throw out there uh actually the opening set piece of magnificent warriors i wanted to, to give a shout out to uh which i think is that scene that you're talking about the scene that towards the end of heroic trio where they're fighting a skeleton oh, <laughs> yeah any, any scene in heroic trio yeah great, great. absolutely heroic trio is great uh the fight with the armor sewn into the guy's skin in true legend yeah uh which was the coolest thing i've ever seen not involved Michelle Yeoh, but it was still really great. The gang fight in Master Z It Man Legacy, where she cuts off a guy's arm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, the cameo scene in Twinkle Twinkle Lucky Stars, I also threw in there, uh, and the elevator bullet in Wonder Seven, uh, where my (laughs) where my honorable mention. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. Um, but all right, let's let's recap the uh, the top five here uh, one more time. So our top five action set pieces and stunts. What do you got, Mike? Uh, number five, I have uh, the the elevator bullet from Wonder Seven. Yep. In uh, the stunt woman at number four, when uh, the bridge jump or whatever the scene yeah. where she gets hurt. Any thirty seconds in Police Story Three, Super Cop. The big fight scene or a big sword fight between uh, Michelle Yeoh and Zhang Ziyi in uh, Crashing Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And number one is 
any any moment in yes madam yes fair enough and then my five my number five was the motorcycle chase in tomorrow never dies my number four was the tofu fight in wing chun uh my number three was the final fight in royal warriors specifically the chainsaw duel uh my number two was the final fight in yes madam and my number one was just the entire last 30 minutes of police story three but specifically the motorcycle jump on the train (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) Uh, And there you go. Those are our top five action set pieces and stunts. We are now halfway through the episode. We're getting there. (laughs) We are getting there. So to help us transition into the next phase of this Michelle Yeoh finale episode, uh, here is a song that you may remember from Crazy Rich Asians. It is the Cantonese version of Money, That's What I Want by Cheryl Kay. All right, that was Money, That's What I Want by Cheryl Kay from Crazy Rich Asians. And now it is time to count down our top 10 Michelle Yeoh performances. Now, this does not mean our favorite movies. There will probably be some overlap between the two. Uh, If if history has taught us anything, just with the Cage and the Goldblum ones uh, and all that stuff. Plus, we actually have less movies to choose from with uh, this Michelle Yeoh season. Um, Both Cage and Goldblum were up to something like 80-something movies, I think, when we did the finale, right? Yeah, somewhere in there, 80 to 90. Yeah, uh, I think Cage is at 90 and Goldblum is at 80. We only have like 54 things to choose from from (laughs) from Michelle Yeoh. And so our options are slightly more limited. So there's certainly going to be some overlap in terms of our favorite performances and favorite movies and probably between our two lists. That is just the name of the game. (laughs) Yeah, that's just how it goes. Sometimes it's hard to separate, you know, a performance from a movie. And especially usually when a movie is great, the performance is also great. So it's hard not to just be like, it's the same list twice. Right. Um, <laughs> but use it as a chance to highlight different aspects, different things. Yes. As best and, we can. Yeah. And I, and I have a few that uh, did not make my, um, you know, top favorite movies list and the order is different too. And, and some of them and all that stuff. So we're going to get into that. Now our top 10 Michelle Yeoh performances. We think this is uh, the best stuff that she's done in her entire career. Uh, so Mike D what is your number 10 Michelle Yeoh performance? So my number 10 is one that I forgot that I put on this list when I was doing the categories. So it would have come up twice. It would have come up either way is where okay. I'm going with that. And that's Far North, mainly because I probably just wanted to talk about Far North again. Um, but I forgot <laughs> that I put it on this list when I was doing the categories. Okay. You mustn't fall for him. He will vanish into the mist the way he came. I like him. When I was born, the shaman looked at my face and had a vision. He said that I was cursed. I think I remembered, uh, yo, this just like we were talking about just being the weirdest fucking movie of all time, but it being really only 
Michelle Yeoh, the person that plays her daughter, who I forget their name, Sean Bean, it's just the three of them in this whole movie. Uh, Michelle Krusek is her name. Uh, that yes. Pl- actually, that plays her daughter. Um, yeah, from that one episode of Community, as we talked about on the <laughs> yes, Far North episode. Right. I forgot about that. I mean, just for the two of the three of them, really, to have this whole movie on their back and it to not be a disaster. You know, like, it's pretty good. It's fine. It's pr- it's okay. It's interesting, like we talked about before, and then it just ends in the craziest way. So, yeah, I just kind of wanted to highlight Far North twice, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, fair. No, I think uh, she does give a, a really good performance in Far North. And uh, like we kind of mentioned before, uh, it is one of the very few examples of, like, a true independent movie that gave Michelle Yeoh, like, a lead role. Right. You know, and uh, and really a different kind of movie than the kind of stuff that she typically made a very small scale uh, survival drama with just a couple of characters. uh, And then, yeah, ends up having the most bug nuts ending uh, that any (laughs) movie's ever had. (laughs) Like it turns Uh, into Silence of the Lambs out of nowhere. It's out of nowhere. Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) Uh, Great. So your number 10 Michelle Yeoh performance is far north. Uh, My number 10 is a movie that we talked about very recently. Uh, In fact, it's a movie we talked about just last week. Uh, <laughs> my number 10 Michelle Yeoh performance of all time is as uh, the psychic medium Joyce Reynolds in A Haunting in Venice. I think we both uh, really enjoyed A Haunting in Venice. I uh, thought it was a super fun time. Uh, easily the best of the Kenneth Branagh, Hercule Poirot movies. Uh, and Michelle Yeoh plays a very key role uh, in that film. She is the one who gets murdered. Uh, <laughs> one know? of the ones who gets murdered. One of the ones who gets murdered, but it is her murder that kind of incites uh, the mystery going forward, right? Yes. Uh, so she is not in a lot of the movie, um, but when she is in it, um, I think she's really, really terrific, um, doing something that is kind of different from uh, what we've seen her do throughout her career. Um, she's playing the psychic medium who uh, can hear dead people, can hear their thoughts, can hear them speak to her. Uh, and there's this great uh, kind of tearful backstory monologue where she's talking to Hercule Poirot about her time in the war and how she was a nurse and she could hear people like the ghosts of people while she was like there in a room with people dying. And then on top of that, you have the actual seance scene, which just lets her go wild, like lets her go nuts. And, uh, you know, I think she gets to go really big and really small uh, in a haunting in Venice. Uh, and I thought it was just a really, really terrific performance. Uh, So much so that I thought it cracked my top 10. I I didn't expect it to, but uh, yeah, she's great in it. Um, to stay tuned um, for my thoughts on haunting and okay. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Uh, so yeah, that is my number 10, uh, Joyce Reynolds in a haunting in Venice. Mike D what is your number nine Michelle Yeoh performance of all time? My number nine is a movie that I don't think is particularly good. However, Michelle Yeoh as Santa in last Christmas is a lot of fun. <laughs> I think she's potentially one of the best parts of that whole movie. Um, yeah. So where is see-through taking you? I have no idea. What's his name? I can't pronounce it. Lots of glottal stops. Oh, when I try to say it, I sound like a cat with a fur ball. So I've decided to call him boy. Hmm. Well, at least your name's easier to pronounce. What? Huang Jingxin? You're not really called Santa? Of course not, idiot. I chose it for the shop. Really? Oh, and I worked at the pet shop. I called myself Kitty. No. Mm-hmm. And at the health food shop, I was miso. No, no. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. <laughs> Guess what it was in the bakery on the Edgeware Road? Uh, crumpet? Sausage roll? Muffin. Muffin. Muff for short. Excellent. Uh, yeah, I, I actually, re- I don't remember the context of it, but a friend of mine in in uh, group chat with producer Colin 
one of our other friends mentioned this movie and I don't remember how it came up, but he was like, I heard there's a twist in it. And we were just like, can you guess the twist? And he was like, I don't know what happens in that wham song. And we were like, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I, I don't, I don't, I forget the context of it, but, um, this movie's bananas, uh, in a maybe not so great way, but Michelle Yeoh as Santa, as, uh, the person that runs the, the Christmas gift shop where, uh, Amelia Clark works and has her own rom-com going on in the background of this movie. Uh, yes. it's pretty, pretty fun with that guy who only likes cheese or something. Right. Is he jerk or sauerkraut? Was he? He's, 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 he's Danish. Danish. Uh, they call him the Dane. And then eventually Michelle Yeoh, like can't actually pronounce his name. So she calls him boy. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she's pretty, she's, uh, she's pretty good in that movie. Number yeah, nine. Yeah, no, I, I think she is is very good in Last Christmas. And yeah, any kind of redeeming quality that movie has, you know, I think Amelia Clark is very charming in the movie. Uh, it's just, you know, she's saddled with an, an insane plot that she has to deal with. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, Michelle Yeoh, I think, is really great. And like you said, like there's a, a sort of rom-com happening in the background of this rom-com uh, with Michelle Yeoh and uh, this other guy. And uh, that's, I think, the more interesting movie that's uh, that's, that's happening. Yeah. <laughs> What's your number nine, Mike? Uh, my number nine is a movie that we talked about, uh, or I talked about actually, uh, in our action set pieces uh, list. But my number nine Michelle Yeoh performance of all time uh, is Wei Lin in Tomorrow Never Dies. Ooh, nice. It's mostly dull routine, of course. But every now and then, you get to sail on a beautiful evening like this and sometimes work with a decadent agent of a corrupt Western power. They say communists don't know how to have fun. I hate to disappoint you, but I don't even have a little red book. If anything happens to me, the fuses for the mines are in here. We're gonna finish this together. And if I may say so, you found the right decadent, corrupt Western agent as a partner. Uh, and like I was kind of saying there, uh, you know, I think all the action in this movie is really fun. Um, but Michelle Yeoh specifically, this was her first English language film. She, at this point, she had made like a dozen Hong Kong action movies, all of which were the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Every time. Uh, and so tomorrow never dies comes out. And, uh, this is a movie that, um, was the first thing she did after her, like, almost retirement, right? Cause she, uh, right. we talked about this, uh, many times in the podcast, but Michelle Yeoh retired for five years, right? Between 1987 and 1992. She basically came on the scene with yes, madam, Royal warriors, magnificent warriors done gone. <laughs> <laughs> Go out on top. Yeah. She got married, uh, to, uh, the guy from D and B films, uh, whose name escapes me at the moment. Uh, uh Dixon Poon, I think Dixon Poon. Yes. There you go. Thank you. Uh, and yeah, she got married and disappeared for five years was just like a socialite for a couple of years. Uh, then they got divorced. She immediately goes back to making movies, comes back with police story, three super cop, like, what a comeback, you know? Yeah, not that I ever went anywhere. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then, you know, I was making heroic trio and Holy Weapon and Executioners and so many insane movies. Uh, and then I believe after the stunt woman, after the accident on the stunt woman, she was like, maybe I need to stop this again. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. Uh, and I believe the story went that she was like about to retire again or she was like thinking about retirement. Uh, and then Quentin Tarantino came around. <laughs> 
and a little uh, freak. Uh, and Quentin Tarantino is a huge, huge fan of Michelle Yeoh, specifically of Police Story Three. I think was the movie that uh, he was really enamored with. Uh, got the chance to meet Michelle Yeoh. This is like ninety five, ninety six, so right after Pulp Fiction came out. He uh, basically convinced her to not retire, uh, and so instead of retiring, she decided to make an American movie, uh, and she ended up getting cast in Tomorrow Never Dies. Again, I said American English language movie. Yeah, <laughs> I mean because the James Bonds are like American British like co-productions. I'm pretty sure. And so she comes back with Tomorrow Never Dies. So it's it's a movie that, um, you know, had actual like safety regulations uh, right. and, and things like that. So in, in some ways easier on her. Um, but I think the impression that she makes on the movie um, just from those years of training in Hong Kong films um, is is so impactful. Uh, and I think Pierce Brosnan is a great foil for her. But like, really, she is like she almost like, basically steals the movie out from under him. She's so great in Tomorrow Never Dies. Uh, and that is why it's my number nine. Yeah, that one scene when they're breaking into Bond is breaking into that. the I forget the character, Dr. Gupta's office, I think. Uh, right. And uh, I think I think he's like climbing down a rail or some crazy shit. He looks over and Michelle Yeoh is just like repel walking down the wall and it's like, haha, like waves at him. So yeah. Yes. She's like she's so much like smoother and better than him throughout the whole movie. Um and then that one scene when he goes to after the bike chase the motorcycle chase, I think, when they go to like her headquarters safe house room kind of thing. And it's like got all the bikes on the wall and it's like all bamboo and wicker and stuff. And she hits a button and it all just like whooshunk and the walls flip around and they're all full of guns and gadgets. Yes. It's like the same stuff as him. Uh, it's just mwah, chef's kiss. It's so awesome. Yeah, so, so great. Uh, and that is why uh, Wei Lin, Tomorrow Never Dies, my number nine Michelle Yeoh performance of all time. Uh, so Mike D, what is your number eight? My number eight is Michelle Yeoh as, what's her character's name? Sao Nyan Kwan in Master Z Ip Man Legacy. Okay, um, nice. Mostly because it's awesome to see her in uh, 2018, you know, a little later stage, yo, just being this like terrifying, awesome crime boss, like gangster lady who just like pulls all the strings behind everybody uh, in this under criminal underworld. And um, these movies were so much fun getting to you. Uh, watch. I don't think I ever watched four. I don't remember, but I did watch it, man. One, two and three, because I know this is the spinoff of three. Okay. Takes place in there. Um, so having an excuse to watch all those movies was awesome. And her performance is great in this. And this was like one of those kind of things. I don't know if we're ever like lagging a little bit here. This is that, that pre um, everything everywhere era, you know? So it's like a little bit, people didn't know what to do with her necessarily, but she gets in on the action. Like you said before, she's slicing dudes arms off and yeah. stuff and it's, it's awesome fights. Yeah. It was really cool to see her kind of like be on the darker side of the action also. Cause there's a lot, I mean, I guess she does it in this movie too. I think where she like starts as the bad guy and then is convinced to come to the good guy's side. But I don't remember exactly if she converts at the end of this movie, but anyway, she's great in this movie and, and it's yeah. a lot of fun. And she's playing like multiple shades of the character too. It's, 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 she's like a gang leader who wants to go legit. That's it. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so she's, uh, she's like trying really hard to like be seen as like, you know, an upstanding member of society, but she keeps getting dragged down, um, by, you know, her gang's activities, uh, and all right. the crime they're doing, uh, <laughs> just when she thought she was out, they drag her back in. Uh, yeah, but- exactly. Uh, and so, yeah, she gets involved in a, a pretty cool action scene with the, uh, the gang fight, but for the most part, she is kind of the, the matriarch of this, of this gang. Doesn't she like, she does something to a gang member at one point early in the movie. I want to say like she kills him like in a meeting. I forget how exactly. 
Yeah, um, they're at like, I don't want to say like a board meeting, but they're yeah. at something like that. And either like shoots him or slices his throat or something just yeah, in the middle like of that. the thing. It, yeah. yeah, it reminds me of like that scene in Kill Bill where Lucy Liu uh, chops off the guy's head on the t- at the table, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, it's it's similar to that. Uh, and it's very, very cool. And uh, it's awesome. Yeah, and she's so great in Master Z. It, uh, I really, I didn't consider that one for my uh, performances. Um, but yeah, I think she is really terrific in that one. And uh, I mean, you say like a lot of people didn't know how to use Michelle Yeoh. That movie is directed by Young Wu Ping, who really does know how to use Michelle. Uh, well, that's what I mean. Yeah, like that, like uh, outside of this movie in this era, people aren't really, it's, it felt like, oh, we're not really sure what's going on here. And then Young Wu Ping's like, I got you, don't worry. Yes. Um, <laughs> and there's that scene too where her and, uh, what was the the actor's name? Uh, Zhang Jin, the main guy, are like trying to like pass each other a glass of whiskey, right? Yeah. And they're basically doing the tofu fight thing <laughs> where they're like sliding it back and forth and yep. doing all that is awesome. Um so yeah, Master Z, good stuff. Yeah, there you go. So that's Mike's number eight Michelle Yeoh performance. My number eight uh, is as Inspector Jessica Yang in Police Story 3, Super Cop. Um, nice. And uh, like we said, we I mean, we've talked about this movie quite a bit already, but uh, yeah, all the action is incredible in it. And uh, part of that is because Michelle Yeoh just throws herself into the movie. Uh, and, you know, like we kind of said, like she kind of came out of retirement after five years, came back with this movie. Uh, <laughs> and it really feels like this is a movie where she kind of has something to prove. Like, oh, I'm still a viable action star. And, uh, you know, I'm co-starring with Jackie Chan, who is the biggest action star of all time and, you know, well known for how insane he can do his stunts. I'm going to do it just as insane as he does, uh, you know, yeah. and, it, and possibly even more so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think this is even the movie that we sort of unofficially end the the like we made it my quintilogy thing, right? Because we always skip Easy Money, which is right. the movie that technically she went she, out on to retirement with yes uh, i believe heroic trio is out after this um so okay. i think heroic trio is the next movie is the next one okay you know she's making she makes uh uh yes madam royal warriors magnificent warriors i think gets injured or whatever and then easy money is, is like a low lower key it's like a cat cat burglar thing or con yeah. man movie or whatever most of easy money is like michelle yo lying down on couches like that's <laughs> yeah, right and and hang gliding yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and hang gliding yeah you're right <laughs> but uh she's injured or whatever so it's like a more low-key movie uh and then she retires and then she comes back with uh super cop and it's just like on 11 you're like holy shit this yes. is crazy she hasn't missed a step yeah and uh and you know, even beyond just the action i think she's just such a charismatic performer and it really shines in police story 3 super cop and like you said that whole sequ- uh, the, the pose that she does is so iconic and so cool uh so yeah that is why that's my number eight michelle yo performance mike d what's your number seven my number seven is uh another one of those kind of weirdly misguided oscar Beatty type movies and that is michelle yo as mameha in uh memoirs of a geisha i will cover chio school all her expenses till after her debut. Now I'm confident you are teasing. I could not be more sincere. If Chio hasn't repaid her debt within six months after her debut. Not impossible, too little time. Then I will pay you twice over. Why? No Gesha could ever. I am certain you will not object to one trivial condition. Uh, yes. If Chio erases her debt in the time allowed, you will have no part in her future earnings. Memoirs okay. of a different kind. Yes, so memoirs of a different kind. Yeah. Memoirs of a different kind. I think overall this movie is really fascinating and interesting and like to hear the kind of 
behind the scenes production and all that stuff of like it being Americans, right? It's directed by Rob Marshall, I think produced by Steven Spielberg. Yeah. I can't remember the language thing. Is it, is it in Mandarin or in Japanese, but none of the actors are Japanese, right? Well, so the, whole- the movie's in English. Um, well, okay, yeah, that's right. But uh, but yeah, it's it takes place in Japan, but I don't think any of the main characters, I think maybe one of the main actors is Japanese, but most of them aren't. Most of them aren't. And yeah, it was like a whole thing that like, what do you, what's going on here? <laughs> um, but overall, I think the movie production value, costume uh, value, everything looks amazing. Um, Michelle Yeoh is the standout, I think, and she's kind of like the um, most famous Madam or Geisha are throughout in like the land uh, basically and takes the main character under her wing. Yeah, I think she's the best, like, you know, best part of the whole movie throughout, which I, I mean, I'm looking at it now. I gave it 3.5 stars, so I guess I enjoyed it more than I remembered enjoying it. Um, yeah, but I think yo is definitely the best part. Um, so I wanted to get that on here because it didn't make my top 10 spoilers uh favorite movies but i think yo in, in particular is very strong in this movie so nice yeah no i think she is really terrific in memoirs of a geisha despite everything kind of surrounding the movie and uh yeah i think there is some really good stuff in memoirs of a geisha like i remember i also liked it more than i expected to having watched it once before right um, yeah, but i remember yeah. the, the time that i had watched it was like i think like 10th or 11th grade in a class like my social studies class was just watching uh, memoirs mm-hmm. of a gay like are we taking the ap class and it's like well are we taking the ap test and it's like well we got like a month left to school so we're going to watch movies now uh yeah and yeah yeah memoirs of a gay show was uh one of the movies we watched and uh, i remember being kind of mixed on it at the time you know having watched it in 30 minute chunks across five days <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh but i i did ultimately uh enjoy it a lot more than i expected to re-watching it for this podcast um uh, and yeah and michelle yo is fantastic in it and also a movie that gives her a great entrance uh <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. So there's that too. Uh, my number seven Michelle Yeoh performance of all time uh, is a movie where she's barely in. She's in this for about 10 minutes, but uh, I think she really makes an impact on the movie. Uh, and it is her character, Sis Michelle in Moonlight Express and Moonlight Express, a movie that I think is solid. Like it's, it's a solid time. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's sort of a, um, it's a romance movie. It's also kind of an action movie. It's a crime thriller. It, 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 there's a lot of things that this movie is doing. It's like a <laughs> lovers on the run kind of thing, right? Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of stuff that it's doing. I believe uh, the plot of the movie was it's a, I think it's a Japanese woman who moves to Hong Kong after her husband dies, right? Or her husband's like, or her boyfriend like proposes to her and then immediately dies or some, <laughs> something like right. that, right? Yeah. Uh, and so she moves to Hong Kong to kind of start a fresh life and she gets kind of intertwined with this other guy who looks exactly like her husband and uh she's like really thrown off by that and so that the two of them start developing a romance um but he is intertwined with all these like uh legal things like this crime uh, crime boss i think he might be an undercover cop whatever He's an it undercover is cop, yeah yeah uh and so the two of them ultimately escape hong kong go back to japan i think uh, and that is where Michelle Yeoh is hiding out. Um, or actually, I, I think it might just be a different part of Hong Kong or, yeah, or, or to mainland China or something like that. Yeah, wh- yeah, whatever it is. But Michelle Yeoh is there uh, on like a ranch. Uh, she has like horses that she's raising uh, and she's like an important figure from his past. I guess his girlfriend or his wife also died and she was her sister and she's like secretly in love with the guy, but like yeah. she's never going to act on it. Uh, there's just a lot of layers to the performance that's happening here. Uh, and Michelle Yeoh is only in the movie for like 10 minutes. She gives some sage advice. Um, but it's a movie that like 
really relies on that like star power of Michelle Yeoh. It's the only movie she made between Tomorrow Never Dies and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. She just pops up and it's it's all shot in golden hour. She's smoking yeah. a cigarette uh, and she just looks so cool and so beautiful and uh, just a really great performance. Uh, and so, yes, yeah, this Michelle and Moonlight Express is my number seven. Hell yeah. Stay, uh, stay, stay tuned, I guess, okay. <laughs> for my thoughts on that. Okay, fair enough. I thought that one might come up for you. Uh, and I was wondering if you were going to get the name of the movie right when you, uh, <laughs> when you said it. I almost, for a goof, well, I haven't talked about it yet. We'll see. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, so, Mike D., what is your number six Michelle Yeoh performance of all time? Uh, my number six is Michelle Yeoh as uh, Wing Chun in Wing Chun. So there's a little, there's like sort sort of movies um, that I'm picking that like kind of represent eras a little bit. Um, sure. And this is one of them. Heroic Trio, Executioners, Tai Chi Master, Wing Chun, Holy Weapon, uh, Butterfly and Sword, all that. Those early 90s Wuja movies um, just kind of all collectively. Even though I didn't like Holy Weapon, I think I remember being like really against Holy Weapon at the time. But I think you may have like. Stockholm syndrome syndrome to me into liking Holy I, Weapon. I had a great time with Holy you Weapon. You love that movie. Yeah. I love it's a strong word, but I had a great oh, time yeah, with Holy Weapon. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, so yeah, we, I'm just kind of picking Wing Chun. Um, could have been any one of those really. Um, yeah. For those that era. And she's so good in this, the Young Wu Pin and the Tofu fight and everything. And, and just that whole reflection of, of Michelle Yeoh it, at the time, making a... a name for herself as a woman in these action movies while simultaneously being in these like historical action dramas about like a woman's lot in ancient China. Right. Yeah. Um, and all that stuff and, and overcoming that. So that's all very fun. And I think, um, yeah, if there's anyone that could like represent the sort of like mythical creator of a school of martial arts, it's going to be <laughs> Michelle Yeoh. Right. Yep. There's a couple, I think also Tai Chi master is Jet Li, but, uh, in that movie, but there's been a couple of times where that's been the plot of a movie. It man, I guess also, yes. Uh, who practices Wing Chun, I think. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, Wing Chun number seven, number seven for me. Nice. Six, right. Number six. That, that's your number six. Uh, stay tuned. Cause it, it'll probably pop up on my list too. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. All right. So Mike's number six was Wing Chun. Uh, my number six is the character of Ah Kam from The Stunt Woman. Yeah, The Stunt Woman uh, is a movie that um, I think is kind of disjointed. I think there's uh, really good elements in The Stunt Woman, but I think it's a really fascinating movie, especially within the context of Michelle Yeoh's larger career, um, because it is so autobiographical, or at least it feels that way. And I think it is deliberately written to be that way. Uh, you know, The Stunt Woman is about uh, this woman who decides to do stunts in Hong Kong movies. Uh, and so Michelle Yeoh plays that woman. Uh, and the movie opens with her just walking on set, getting to do a stunt for this legendary director played by Sam O'Hung, uh, and she ends up joining his stunt team. Uh, and the first half of this movie is just her doing stunts pretty much. Yeah. Um, but like while that's happening, she kind of develops a romance with a producer uh, of these movies, uh, which is what happened with Michelle Yeoh in real <laughs> life, <laughs> yep, yep, you know, yep. and, th and then they get married and he tells her to stop doing movies, which is what happened with Michelle Yeoh in real life. And so it, she retires and then it's about her retiring and then coming back, uh, you know, a few years later after she gets divorced uh, and, you know, she's doing stunts again. So yeah, I, I think Michelle Yeoh really fully embodies the character because it's exactly what she went through in her life. Uh, and I find that really fascinating. I think where the stunt woman goes wrong for me is in its like final third where like it stops being a drama about the stunt woman and ends up being a crime thriller where like Sammo hung is in with the mob. Uh, yeah. Do you remember this that? movie where she's like running a nightclub or something, right? It's, I can't remember what movie that is anyway. But yeah, yeah. I remember that like all of a sudden 
Like there's fight scenes and they're like, wait, these knives are real. And they're like yeah. actually getting sliced up and stuff at the end of this movie. And you're just like, what is going on? Yeah. So that, that's like a layer to the movie that it really didn't need. Uh, and I think part of that, part of that, the reason it's there um, is because of the stunt that went wrong on the stunt woman. They had to basically reshoot the entire last third of the movie uh, or like change drastically what it was going to be because Michelle Yeoh like wasn't able to do a lot of the stuff that was required of her for this. Um, but despite all that, I think her performance in this movie is just really really stellar really good stuff yeah yeah and as we highlighted at the time um just peak t-shirt and jeans michelle yo yes this movie. <laughs> uh like, like we've said uh, a few times it's like sometimes weird to feel like to see michelle yo in normal clothes uh <laughs> yeah <you know? laughs> like it's usually like martial arts robes or something or you know even like a police uniform or whatever uh and then yeah when she walks on screen in uh the stunt woman i think it's the first time she's wearing normal clothes since the owl versus bombo yeah uh, and it's just like oh wait weird <laughs> this is an What's odd thing on? to see <laughs> Why aren't you in an evening gown? <laughs> What's <laughs> happening? Uh, yeah, Stunt Woman is my number six. Uh, Mike D, what's your number five? My number five is Moonlight, a.k.a. Midnight Express. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Even though I'm reading from Letterboxd, I almost got the name wrong. No, yep. um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, just to echo everything you said, that um, this is a movie that's that's pretty good. I think is okay. Uh, Michelle Yeoh comes into the the final act and just with the lightest touch, just just changes the entire movie. Uh, yeah, it's just fascinating. Um, here, I mean, it's a letterbox review, but uh, came for Leslie Chung, stayed for Michelle Yeoh, puffing a cigarette while basking in the color of Golden Hour, and that's yeah. really all you need to think about uh, when you're talking about this movie because yeah, it's this lovers on the run thing, and it's this kind of like also crime undercover cop thing, and then here comes Michelle Yeoh to just uh, just kind of add this extra layer of just absolute heartbreak <laughs> and everything that's going on in this movie and the micro expression thing that she's able to do, just like the tiniest look. And you're just like, oh, God, what yep. is, what's happening? Why am I crying? What's going on? Um, so, yeah, uh, Moonlight Express here at number five. Nice. Yeah, a great choice. Uh, fantastic performance uh, in a very short amount of time. Um, yeah. Yeah, really, like really, she's truly in the movie for less than 10 minutes. Yeah, I mean, uh, it could be in theory, like could be a number one just on that, like just the, the largest impact in a movie with the shortest amount of time. Sure. Uh, but there's, there's other stuff to talk about. <laughs> there's a certain movie she may have won Best Actress for at the Oscars. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, OK, my number five uh, is uh, one of the very first Michelle Yeoh movies, uh, and that is the character of Inspector Ng in Yes, Madam. Nice. Uh, and yeah, the reason I'm choosing Yes, Madam, I feel like, uh, you know, action performances are a little bit harder to pin down than like your drama performances and stuff like that, because yeah. doing action and being part of the physical um, part of the movie is part of the performance. Uh, and so you're kind of uh, analyzing that and how much you want to, you know, take that versus like the actual like dramatic stuff that they're asked to do. Uh, and I think that's something that she improved on over time. Uh, I think especially even just in Royal Warriors a year later, um, she's given a real emotional through line in that movie. Uh, and I think that's maybe technically a better performance than Yes, Madam. Although Royal Warriors did not make my list. Uh, the reason I'm picking Yes, Madam at number five is because I think this is such a like pure movie star charisma performance you know yeah. it's uh like the second she walks on screen it's like oh shit michelle yo is in this movie uh and like that first hour um you know it's it's mostly her and cynthia rothrock and they've teamed up uh and she's just so much fun to watch on screen and then the second 
Like, I feel like you can pinpoint in this movie the second Michelle Yeoh becomes a movie star. And it is the moment right before the final fight happens uh, when Cynthia Rothrock and Michelle Yeoh look around and they sort of like do a high five with each other and then go into their fighting stance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's the coolest thing that anyone's ever done. It's so great. Uh, and so, yeah, Inspector Ng and Yes Man is my number five. Hell yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's a t- top forever coolest moments of anything ever when they high five, you know, forget I don't know, James Dean or anybody, but out, fuck all them. It's this, um, you know, like, <laughs> just the one cool guy you can think of. <laughs> I don't know. It's the, like the most classical thing that popped into my head. Yeah, sure. Um, and yeah, absolutely. Hard, hard agree. Yeah. Um, that one's not on my list because my next pick at number four is uh, Magnificent Warriors. Just sort of to represent okay. that, er- just to represent that era, the same kind of thing. Like yeah, a similar like movie star charisma kind of thing, right? Yeah, that those early D and B movies. Uh, yeah, just that that awesome action. Uh, you know, I haven't, I, I have been wanting to rewatch Magnificent Warriors. Tbh, it was, yes, man, it was a movie that I had what we saw in theaters, um, and that I had watched like once or twice before we got to it on the pod. So I was much much more familiar with it. Yeah. Um, but Magnificent Warriors is so much fun. That sort of Indiana Jones, 1930s uh, adventure, plucky adventurer up against the colonizers, the evil empire, right? It's right. When, uh, the, the Sino-Japanese War when Japan invaded China before World War II um, officially like in Europe started. Uh, and they're just being occupied. And this is whole thing and this like rallying this, the town against this Japanese invasion. And they're just kind of doing this like guerrilla fighter thing. And it's so much fun. And just, yeah, just the, just the, the power of Michelle Yeoh, like kicking somebody and smiling is just like, hell yes, this is amazing. I can watch this forever. Uh, and we do. So yes, <laughs> yeah. Magnificent Warriors at number four. Yeah, no, that's a great choice. I, I had a great time with Magnificent Warriors. Uh, did not make my list here. It might come up in my top 10 movies list, but we'll see what happens. We'll see. Uh, but I did recently get the uh, the 88 films Blu-ray for that movie that uh, that they came out with. Um, one of the many Blu-rays that came out after we covered the movies on this podcast. Yeah, all these hard to find early Hong Kong movies from the 80s, like six months later, all came out on Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah, like these beautiful, pristine Blu-rays, like just yeah. really good stuff. Uh, so yeah, I am excited to revisit that one at some point. Uh, so that's your number four. My number four is Eleanor Young in Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, And yeah, I think this is a really, really incredible performance. It kind of kickstarted the Michelle Yeoh renaissance that uh, we see today, right? Um, Yes. You know, uh, up until Crazy Rich Asians, uh, you would think post Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon and post Tomorrow Never Dies, like like going into the 21st century, uh, it's like Michelle Yeoh is poised to take over Hollywood. Like those are two really big movies and Crouching Tiger, especially like, I can't believe like this, this foreign film like broke through American audiences and all that kind of stuff. And then it doesn't really happen that way. Um, you know, she, <laughs> she kind of takes all the, all the goodwill from Crouching Tiger and launches into her own production company with, uh, the touch and silver Hawk. Uh, and that doesn't really work. Uh, and so she comes back with memoirs of a geisha, uh, and you know, a, a movie that was liked, uh, I think it got a couple of Oscar nominations. Uh, and I think everybody liked Michelle Yeoh in it, but you know, didn't really like set the world on fire and like that. And, uh, she kind of does a lot of supporting roles from that point on. Uh, and sunshine is a, an example of one of those, which is really good. But a lot of those movies are like Babylon AD, you know? Right, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then you have a lot of movies like that for the next few years. Um, and so crazy rich Asians kind of represents, I think a new era in the Michelle Yeoh filmography. Um, it is like the respected matriarch of this wealthy family. Uh, it's a very charming movie. I think crazy rich Asians, um, played better for me this second watch, um, watching it for the podcast. Uh, 
And yeah, and I think really uh, it like revealed to me like, yeah, Michelle Yeoh is like the beating heart of this movie. She is the best thing about it. She's so, so great in Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, and yeah, like the movie itself like has a lot of like very fun, like, you know, wacky rom-com stuff happening throughout. Um, but Michelle Yeoh is like the emotional center of the film. Uh, and yeah, she's fantastic in it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, stay tuned for more okay. thoughts on yeah. Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so that's my number four uh, Michelle Yeoh performance of all time. We are down to the top three, Mike. The, uh, we're getting down to the wire here. We uh, are. What is your number three Michelle Yeoh performance of all time? Um, my number three, I'm feeling weirdly self-conscious about putting it this high now all of a sudden, uh, but that is Michelle Yeoh as Joyce Reynolds in A Haunting in Venice. Well, um, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Spirits, you scream and shout. And no one hears. We do now. Alicia Drake, find your voice. It just got cold. Does anyone else feel a chill? Is someone there? Bye. Yes. She didn't touch the key, I swear. She must have. You can't all be such this, fools. This is wrong. This is very wrong. Who is there? Alicia Drake, listening, we are here, listening, it is the hallow tide, we are close, your spirit is close, your voice is loud. Alicia. Eh, Alicia. Alicia, I feel you are in pain. Does it hurt? Please tell me. Did someone hurt you? I don't know. It felt like something that uh, really stands out as far as that gulf between uh, uh, everything everywhere all at once and Haunting in Venice of just like uh, the, the pause of Furies is, and the legend of Gru. Um, you know, just <laughs> yeah, all the legend of Gru. Yeah. <laughs> just all these all these kind of like uh, pretty low tier uh, voice roles and things and, and small cameos or whatever. Um, and then here we have Haunting in Venice, which is, I mean, I guess, you know, an extended cameo. It's kind of like a stunt casting thing, but that's sort of what all these Poirot movies have that anyway right um and yeah she makes a huge impact it's also when she made her entrance like we talked about and the seance scene like you mentioned is amazing where she's kind of going crazy and it's on 11 it's like actually kind of creepy and this movie the in the first act at least is like really leaning into that we talked about it last week i guess but um you know all the 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 dutch angles and the fisheye lenses and all this weird stuff that just makes you feel at uh ill at ease um and then um yeah she's the person that gets murdered and so she's the kind of linchpin for the whole movie and uh, i think she's really great in it and you know maybe recency bias to put it at number three but uh also wanted some different movies on this list as compared to my top 10 list so <laughs> i, was I like, think let's this one yeah that's totally fair and uh, she is really fantastic in haunting in venice and i think i think what's so cool about that performance is that you know everything everywhere all at once uh, which i'm sure we'll be talking about in a few minutes um <laughs> just just a guess uh you know I, I think she's so incredible in that movie i think she's so great in everything everywhere i think a haunting in venice like shows you that there's still layers to michelle yo's acting abilities that we have yet to tap into yes um you know i think everything everywhere showed like a you know a, a very broad range of things that she could do uh in that movie uh and haunting in venice like asks her to do something that even that movie didn't really ask her to do uh and like she and she nails it she's so great um and so yeah i had, had a great time with the haunting of venice and her performance in it is so, is so good yeah what's what's your number three yeah, sorry <laughs> yeah uh so yeah your number three is a haunting in venice my number three is one that you also brought up before mike and that is uh yim wing chun in the film wing chun look at that 
Uh, yeah, and uh, I, I think this is of the early Hong Kong movies of like, you know, if you go from like 84 through 96 or whatever, like that era is right. right. Uh, I think this is the best overall performance from any of those movies. Uh, it is. She's a little more seasoned as an actress uh, in this one. This is like 94 uh, that this came out. Uh, and so she's a little more re- refined um, compared to like kind of the early like, yes, Madam Royal Warriors days. Uh, she's killing it in the action department. Like there's so many great action it's choreographed by young Wu Ping, so all of the action looks awesome uh and then you have just this like really dynamic charismatic performance and it's it's really fun to watch michelle yo um just know that she's better than everyone else in the movie <laughs> like, yeah you know absolutely. just that like sly smile uh that she has as she knows she's about to kick this guy's ass uh is is really really great and this movie ends uh i mean this is the movie that really i think originated the idea of mike d's favorite thing uh the bandit cave um <laughs> you know <laughs> uh and there was a few movies that involved a bandit cave but this is the one that i think we really like locked in on that concept and and the movie ends with Michelle Yeoh um, basically defeating the main bandits and like making them all call her mother and like have them go to bed uh, right. on time yeah. or whatever. Right? <laughs> like, like, like she's their mother now is uh, is how the movie ends. I forgot about that. You're right. <laughs> Uh, and so, yeah, all, all of that stuff, uh, it goes, it goes to say like Wing Chun, I think is just uh, the overall best performance of the entire, uh, Michelle Yeoh, uh, series, like series of Hong Kong movies. Uh, and one of the ones where she got like a really standout lead role, which is nice. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the movie right before that Tai Chi master, uh, she's also great, very like significant to the movie, but like definitely, you know, the, like the love interest, I think if I remember right. Uh, yeah. So to see her next movie. Yun Wu Ping like, I got you. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then it's Wing Chun. Yeah, absolutely. So that's my number three uh, Michelle Yeoh performance, Wing Chun. Mike D, what is your number two Yo performance of all time? Uh, my number two performance is uh, Crazy Rich Asians. I'm afraid that I've been unfair. Oh, no, you know what? I'm sorry I made an assumption. I didn't mean to offend you. Not at all. You asked about my ring. The truth is, Nick's father had it made when he wanted to propose to me because Amma wouldn't give him the family ring. I wasn't her first choice. Honestly, I wasn't her second. Gosh, I'm so sorry. I had no idea. I didn't come from the right family, have the right connections, and Amma thought I would not make an adequate wife to her son. But she came around, obviously. It took many years, and she had good reason to be concerned, because I had no idea the work and the sacrifice it would take. There were many days when I wondered if I would ever measure up. But having been through it all, I know this much. You will never be enough. Okay. Duh. Uh, sort of like you were sure. saying, I feel like kind of weirdly sets the template for what the kind of like going forward uh, Michelle Yeoh performance or Michelle Yeoh popular conception of her roles are um, as this kind of matriarch, a figure of authority, the one that is kind of like regal and reserved and elegant and all that stuff, which then like three years later gets broken by everything <laughs> all at once. But but I feel like still is kind of like when I think about Michelle Yeoh, I think of her in that 
like that mode in that like we did well, what are you how come you're not an even get a ball gown or whatever right. right like and like that's sort of from this movie i think so uh yeah and she's great in it and it kind of catapults her back into the the popular consciousness in, in the america at least yeah it's crazy rich asians yeah all right very good uh, so that is a uh, crazy rich asians mike number mike's number two michelle yo performance of all time and uh my number two is the movie that i'm guessing is mike's number one but we'll see what happens uh my number two uh michelle yo performance is evelyn wong in everything everywhere all at once did i get that right mike yes because I'm, I'm changing it while we're recording so yes <laughs> it are you changing it to my number one? <laughs> I don't, no, no, no. I'm I'm making everything everywhere all at once my number one because it's no. It, I was like, it'd be weird to have it as number one on the other list, but not this list. Oh, spoilers for the other list. Spoilers for the other. Come on, <laughs> come on. You knew. Everybody knew. What are we pretending? Right. Uh, okay. So you're you're not going to have this as your number one anymore, but people know that it actually is your number one. Yeah. Okay. Fair, fair enough. But it's my number two, uh, Michelle Yeoh performance of all time. You are getting fat. And you never call me, even though we have a family plan. And it's free. You only visit when you need something. You got a tattoo, and I don't care if it's supposed to represent our family. You know I hate tattoos. And of all the places I could be, why would I want to be here with you? Yes, you're right. That doesn't make sense. Evelyn, there's Ola. Gola. Let her finish. Maybe it's like you said. Maybe there is something out there, some new discovery that will make us feel like even small pieces of shit. Something that explains why you still went looking for me through all of this noise. And why, no matter what, I still want to be here with you. Always, always want to hear with you. Evelyn Wong and Everything Ever All at Once. It is the movie that won Michelle Yeoh an Oscar and much deserved after a long career. Like truly, she should have won the Oscar after Police Story 3 Supercop, you know, but <laughs> yeah. uh, but Everything Everywhere, I mean, really, um, you know, asks Yeoh to do everything. It goes through every kind of emotional arc that you can go through in a movie and, uh, you know, it goes through so many different modes and so many different uh, kinds of characters that are all within the same thing. Of course, it's a multiversal adventure story uh, where Michelle Yeoh uh, is being hunted down in every universe uh by jobu tapaki who it turns out is her own daughter played by stephanie shu uh kihi kwan is her husband and he's so great in it um and everybody in this movie won an oscar uh, for <laughs> yeah. it uh it is still like one of the craziest like success stories of recent years like it was such a huge hit on the indie film circuit uh we played it at the roxy theater and it was our biggest movie ever for uh a little over a year it, it just got outgrossed this year by barbie and it was so huge and we played it for so long we played it for like 15 weeks straight and then brought it back for at, around the oscars and it played for another like eight or nine weeks like it just people kept coming out for it uh and it's uh, such a a movie that touched a lot of people and in, in a really specific way and uh yeah i really enjoyed it and i think her performance uh is fantastic yeah it's kind of the thing that like I feel like doesn't happen anymore, right? Like that kind of just state box office staying power. Although that, it's like word of, of mouth hit kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. I remember this sort of being like people on film Twitter and stuff being like, you got to go see that, like the LA crowd that like gets it early and like the, all that stuff that like 
was like, please, we have to make this a thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like it happened and that shit never happens, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, but that really, I think just talks to uh, the quality of that movie and how good it is. Um, and I think I got myself confused. I made, I made this number one. So this is also, this is my number one. Oh, uh, okay. On this list. Interesting. Um, I'll bump the, I'll talk about the other one in for as a runner up. Yeah. I mean, perfect movie. This is one of those movies that got me back into the movies in a big way. Right. For that, like yeah. four months or whatever that I was going to movie theaters again last year. And, uh, it just like absolutely destroyed me. I haven't seen a movie like this where or I haven't reacted to a movie like this, where I'm just like openly crying for the last 20 minutes straight. Like I have never had that happen before in a movie. Right. Uh, and just, yeah, just amazing, beautiful movie. Mwah, Michelle, Michelle Yeoh, mwah, chef's kiss for everything is so good. She's so good in this movie. And I think it really is the kind of like deconstruction of the persona from Crazy Rotations, right? Like I was just saying that she cre- kind of, I think, gets this kind of regal, elegant socialite, right? That's her whole thing. She's uh, a former beauty pageant winner, all this stuff. Right. And here she is in like a ill-fitting sweater and sweatpants and sandals and great hairs. And she's like yelling about the noodles and stuff. And, you know, in the first five minutes of the movie. Yeah. Uh, and, and then everything else about it is, is perfect. So yeah, L- love this movie. Love Michelle Yeoh in it. Like, duh, what was I doing? Not putting it at number one, but <laughs> we, I, fe- I felt like we were gonna just going to talk about it so much that I wanted to put something else, but sure. Okay. But I think I think it's got to be number one for performance because it is okay. the best one. Okay, so you changed it back to your number one, or you changed it to your number one. It wasn't before, but now it is. Correct. Um, was it wasn't I, I, on my list, and I was like, "Yeah, you're, you're going to call me out either way, so I'm yeah. going to put it on the number one." <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so yeah, we'll talk about. Uh, it's possible your number one was my number one now, actually. Oh, interesting. Uh, so my number two was everything ever all at once, which is now Mike's number one. Uh, my number one, Michelle Yeoh performance of all time. Here it is. You shoo the in in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Nice. That was not my number one. That was not the one. It was not. Uh, What was your number one? Uh, Well, it was number two. So, okay. Crazy Rich Asians was number one because I felt like that was sort of the created the catapulted her back into the stardom that led to the Oscar and all this stuff. Uh, Number two was Sunshine. But really? Okay. Yes. Cause yeah. I think she makes a big impact in that movie, but that was sort of like, well, I guess I'm going to rearrange a little bit on the fly. Okay. Fair enough. We'll talk about that in honorable, in honorable mentions then in a second. But, uh, yeah, my number one is crouching tiger, hidden dragon, uh, which how could you leave this off your list? Mike, this is insane. Cause it's uh, on the other list. And I was like, uh, oh, okay, we just going to yeah, talk about the enough. same 10 movies over and over again. <laughs> I think that's totally fair. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Crouching tiger, hidden dragon. Um, just, uh, an incredibly artful film. Um, that is really powered by Michelle Yeoh's performance. I mean, a, a lot of great performance in Crouching Tiger. It's Michelle Yeoh and Chow Yun-Fat um, who kind of serve as the kind of older uh, unrequited love story that's happening here uh, and that serves in parallel to the other love story, the younger love story uh, with Zhang Ziyi's character. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I think the uh, the looks of longing between Michelle Yeoh and Chow Yun-Fat God. are so powerful, uh, so incredible and uh, they're, you know, like love story that like only kind of uh, culminates in those final moments as Chow Yun-Fat is dying uh, is so incredible. Uh, and on top of all that, you have great action set pieces uh, to go along with it. I mean, uh, the, the weird thing about Crash and Tiger, Hidden Dragon is that uh, it is in Mandarin Chinese. Michelle Yeoh did not speak Mandarin Chinese right. uh, and was kind of saying her lines phonetically um, as she did the movie. And so uh, for her to kind of get that performance through, despite not knowing the language, uh, I think is a, is a pretty incredible achievement. Uh, and yeah, her, her performance in Crash and Tiger uh, d- can't be beat. Number one. That one scene, I don't remember if they're like in a restaurant or cafe or whatever. But it's Chow Yun Fat 
and uh, Michelle Yeoh. And, and they're sort of like it's where they sort of explain she was married or betrothed to his best friend. And like he'd never betray that. Tr- and, like that's why this whole unrequited love thing can never happen. Yes. Uh, and just like it's gorgeous. I don't know. It's, it's amazing. Like every scene of this movie is just like. This is beautiful. Every, yes. every part of it. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, it's a beautiful film, beautiful performance. And like Mike D said, it'll probably come up again in uh, the next segment of this podcast. Uh, so we can move on. Uh, let's get into our honorable mentions, which sounds like your one of your honorable mentions was Sunshine, Mike. Yes, Sunshine. Um, this was a, you know, if we were doing dis- discoveries for this pod, uh, this would absolutely be on there. Um, just one of those like forgotten mid 2000s sci-fi movies that uh, Danny Boyle, Alex Garland's team up to just make this fucking absolute banger of a movie that turns into a Friday the 13th movie with 15 minutes left. (laughs) Right. That's true. (laughs) Which is insane. And, um, Michelle Yeoh is one of the crew is a Corazon, uh, on the crew, which is, you know, I think it's important. Also this movie in the, um, evolution of Michelle Yeoh, where originally there was interest, uh, from Danny Boyle and Alex Carl or Danny Boyle, I guess in her playing the captain, and she was like, no, 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 I can't be the cat. People wouldn't follow me. I yeah. should be one of the other people. And then she reunites with a Hiroyuki Sonata is the cat plays a captain. Um, but uh, to see, you know, 10 to, I guess, to 15 or whatever years later, she's winning the Oscar for it for. And she's like, you could we would believe you, Michelle. Yeah, <laughs> you would be a believable <laughs> captain. Um, and this movie is just great. And she has the devastating death in this movie where she's the botanist or whatever. Right. And the, the oxygen garden has been burned up and she like finds a single like little seedling and she's cupping it in her hands. Yeah. And she just gets like macheted in the back. Uh, <laughs> basically, and it's awful. Uh, but you know, she's not in a ton of the movie, but she's really great in the scenes that she's in, just like everybody else in this cast is amazing. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. I love Sunshine. And uh, I had seen it once before. So you hadn't seen it, right? Like you. No, I think I had just heard about it. Maybe a, like around the time we were doing it, there was a uh, space horror episode of Screen Drafts. OK. It came up in the discussion on that. And I was like, Michelle, yo, is it a space horror review? What? Yeah. Like, so I was I, like, I really watched that soon. Yeah. Yeah. So I was really jazzed when we, when we got to it. Uh, so. Yeah, I, I really love Sunshine. Uh, it's going to come up later, so I won't uh, go too much into it now. But I think that's uh, that's the most improved award for me, like a movie I had seen before that like a man, I really love it now. I haven't watched it a second time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sunshine uh, is an honorable mention from Mike D for Michelle Yeoh performance. Any other honorable mentions that you want to throw out there, Mike? Not particularly. That was sort of the only one that, uh, well, the only one, obviously, I took off the list that was on right. the list. <laughs> um, but I had only put down 10, but sort of just uh, just all of them. Really. Yeah. <laughs> just honorable mention just- <laughs> the other 44 movies. <laughs> Minions, the rise grew. You made the cut. <laughs> You're in there. <laughs> uh, uh, other honorable mentions, I would say. I actually do have a Master Z It Man Legacy in here, which was on your list. Um, nice. So uh, I'm, I, I thought I hadn't considered it, but I guess I did. It's it's there. Uh, also, Super Cop Two, uh, I have here as well. Uh, which, uh, of course, is the spinoff to Police Story 3 Supercop, where Michelle Yeoh is the sole lead of the movie uh, and I think carries it very well. Uh, the Heroic Trio uh, is an honorable mention for me, um, which uh, I think her performance in that, uh, you know, she's playing a lot of different um, layers to her character just in terms of like it's it's an incredibly complicated movie uh, uh, yeah. uh, where I think she she is working for the bad guy, falls in love with the guy who creates the invisibility cloak. Uh, and so she's trying to save him, but also also serve the bad guy and then you know ends up fighting the other two members of the heroic trio maggie chung and anita moy uh and then ends up just remember that that baby getting ninja starred or 
Or no, it gets thrown onto the nail, right? Yeah, uh, the baby's uh, yeah head falls into a nail and it dies. Uh, yeah, it's it's a pretty wild movie. <laughs> That's a crazy uh, movie. Yeah, uh, and so but I, I think Michelle Yeoh does a pretty good job of like she is kind of uh, the emotional center of this movie. Like it's a lot of it is about um, her. A relationship with this doctor who has created the invisibility coats. Uh, and I think she sells that very well. Uh, so Hero Trio is in there. Uh, I also wanted to give a shout out to The Lady, uh, a movie that I don't like that much. Uh, <laughs> you yeah. know, I, I didn't really like The Lady, but I think Michelle Yeoh is giving a very good performance in it. Uh, and so felt like I should get an honorable mention at least. Uh, and then American Born Chinese, not a movie, but uh, I think she's great in it. She's, she's really fun. That's fair. I mean, I guess I would also, things that are not that great, but Michelle Yeoh is pretty good in uh, Mummy, Team of the Dragon Emperor was the sure it feels like a pretty I don't think it's a huge waste of Michelle Yeoh necessarily definitely a waste of Jet Li because yeah. he's a CGI monster for most of it um, <laughs> which is wild but uh, right. I think she's really she's pretty good in that movie you know yeah that's a movie that um, does get Michelle Yeoh and Jet Li into a sword fight together but then that's true edits it so like haphazardly that you can barely tell what's going on and yeah. uh, that that's kind of a bummer <laughs> So negative points for that. <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, Michelle Yeoh is like love story at the, in the opening prologue of the movie is the um, is like the thing that powers the rest of the film kind of right. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's another movie that uh, ha- has like, you know, uh, opening monologues or voiceover stuff from Michelle Yeoh. I feel like there's a couple in the, in a row there that yes. had that at the time. But um, yeah, did you have any other honorable mentions or is that? Uh, no, that that pretty much ends my list. Um, so should we recap our, our 10 one more time? What are your uh, what's your top 10, Mike? Yes, we can absolutely do that. My once, number you, once you 10, open your notes app on your phone once again. Go back to that list. Uh, <laughs> my number 10 is Far North, because that's a crazy movie. Yep. Uh, number nine, Last Christmas. Number eight, Master Z, Le- Legend of Ip Man. Ip Man Leg- Legacy? Ip Man Legacy. There we go. Uh, number seven, Memoirs of a Geisha. Number six, Wing Chun. Number five, Moodlight Express. Number four, Magnificent Warriors. Number three, A Haunting in Venice. Number two, Crazy Rich Asians, and number one, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Nice. And uh, my number 10 was A Haunting in Venice. My number nine was Tomorrow Never Dies. My number eight was Police Story 3 Super Cop. My number seven was Moonlight Express. My number six was The Stunt Woman. My number five was Yes, Madam. My number four was Crazy Rich Asians. My number three was Wing Chun. My number two was Everything Everywhere All at Once. And my number one Michelle Yeoh performance of all time was Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Uh, and with that, there is still another section of this podcast to go. <laughs> still one more list. <laughs> exactly. Everybody loves lists. And so to transition us into the next list on the podcast, uh, here is a song that isn't technically in any Michelle Yeoh movie. However, I did sing it a lot about one Michelle Yeoh movie. Uh, here is Stan Bush with The Touch. You got the touch. You got the power!
All right, that was Stan Bush with The Touch. Now it is time for the final segment of uh, this podcast, the grand finale of the Michelle Yeoh finale. Uh, and, <laughs> and that is it's time to count down our top 10 Michelle Yeoh movies of all time. The, the 10 movies that we liked the most that we covered on this podcast throughout this season. And it could be any movie that we covered throughout the season of the podcast, no matter how little Michelle Yeoh is in the movie. I want to oh. stress that enough. <laughs> Interesting. Because there's definitely, she she has a pretty significant role in most of my films. There is one, my number 10 film, where she's barely in. It's, it's more of a cameo. Speaking of, actually, that reminded me, I wanted to mention it right before we actually start getting into the list. Uh, yeah. But speaking of things that Michelle Yeoh is not involved in, I like to amend my most delightful moment because yours didn't have uh, Michelle Yeoh and your Sammo Hung singing in the rain musical number. Right. Yeah. And I can't believe we've made it two and a half hours into this finale episode and we haven't talked about talked about the single greatest shot in cinema history from Tai Chi Master where the young version of the kids are fighting <laughs> <laughs> and the camera goes behind a pillar, goes behind a pillar. And they're now adults. Um, and that's movies, baby. And that's I really movies. wanted to make sure we get that in there. Uh, you know what, Mike? Uh, yeah, I'm glad that you brought it up. Uh, we might be talking about Tai Chi Master in a little bit. Uh, Hell yeah. It's okay, so, good. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. Yes, and I think that's good. That's a good thing to uh, throw that in there because, yeah, we kind of lost our minds at that scene. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure why we loved it so much, but it <laughs> ruled. <laughs> it's so cool. Um, sometimes movies are neat. And uh, it's very fun, I think, just in the modern times of movies where things like blocking, <laughs> and, like pacing and editing and all that shit doesn't really exist in ma major tentpole movies anymore. Uh, and yeah. then to just see that, <laughs> you're just like, oh, my God. It's like the the Memorex guy where his hair is blown back in the chair. Like, that's what happened to yes. me when that, when that scene happened. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, Tai Chi Master might come up in a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, we are counting down our top 10 Michelle Yeoh movies of all time. So, Mike D, let's kick things off with your number 10. Okay, number 10 is 1997's The Soong Sisters. Yes, this is a movie that uh, I think... I, neither of us had heard of we didn't really know anything about and it is very clearly 100 percent just like chinese government propaganda <laughs> like, absolutely about the glory of the chinese history and right. stuff. Um, made as a it's it was a hong kong film but it was made like as hong kong was being absorbed into china again right yes the, the handover period uh it's called happened in 97 um and yeah i think this was a uh co-production or something along those lines i forget yeah uh the total history of that but um yeah just about the the rise of this the soong family uh whose father was kind of the architect of that kind of um early 1900s like cultural revolution or something maybe that culture maybe let me not say that because i don't want to get things wrong but uh like kind of a revolution going on in the early 1900s and he had these three daughters who were all ended up very politically connected and important throughout Chinese history in the 20th century. And all the performances are really great. Like, it is just a really fascinating historical drama, melodrama, really, about this one family, uh, but undeniably about, like, you know, the glory of the Chinese nation. Right. <laughs> like, all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, the Sing Sisters, number 10. Yeah, it's it's a really terrific, uh, sweeping historical epic uh, with uh, Michelle Yeoh, Maggie Chung, and Vivian Wu uh, as the Sung Sisters. Maggie Chung, kind of the main one. She's the one who kind of uh, is is sort of the lead of the film. Michelle yeah. Yeoh, a, kind of a key supporting role. She's basically the rich one. Um, she's uh, I remember the movie ends with, uh, you know, the saying like one of them loved money, one of them loved family and one of them loved 
their country. Uh, right. You know? yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I think it's, it's a really uh, terrifically made movie. Like it looks fantastic. Um, and, uh, you know, I think one of the, uh, the things about this season of the podcast that uh, was an unexpected side effect of it all is that I learned a lot about Chinese history along the way, yeah. uh, you know, and, uh, this is really about Sun Yat-sen and Chiang Kai-shek, uh, and that whole period of history, uh, in China, um, which would be covered in several other, uh, Michelle Yeoh movies um, that we would talk about. Uh, Children of Huang Shi also kind of deals with that. Uh, right. Memoirs of a Geisha is is dealing with that uh, in the Japanese side of things. And then uh, China's relationship with Japan is a pretty key part of a lot of these movies. Um, you know, Memoirs of a Geisha, Magnificent Warriors uh, right. is, is, of course, part of that, too. Uh, and so, yeah, Sung Sisters is a movie that um, I thought going into it was going to be like, ah, this will be a little bit stuffy. It's about a period of history. I don't really know all that well. Like, I'm not, I'm not sure how well this is going to play. Plays like gangbusters. It's it's really terrific. Yeah. There's even a line in Wonder 7, if I think, where like one of the guys, because right, they're like super agent, oh, secret agent guys or whatever. One of the criminals like escapes on a dirt bike and he crosses the border and he's like, I'll see you losers in 1997. And yes. he's like drives away out of the movie because he's gotten to mainland China. And it's just like, what is happening? This is <laughs> <Yeah>. so wild. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the Sung Sisters, uh, Mike's number 10 Michelle Yeoh movie. I threw that in as an honorable mention, actually. Um, so did not quite make my list, but I think it is basically like my number 13 um, uh, in my Michelle Yeoh ranking. Um, my number 10 Michelle Yeoh movie of all time is technically a movie that Michelle Yeoh is not in. However, she is in the director's cut of this film. <laughs> uh, and so it counts. Uh, you know, we covered it on the podcast. She pops up for maybe 30 seconds in a scene at the beginning and a scene at the end. Uh, it was episode 25 of the podcast, and that is 2006's Fearless, which uh, is also known as Jet Li's Fearless. Uh, it's where Jet Li is playing a martial arts master, an incredibly arrogant martial arts master um yes. and somebody who uh you know has uh, he's playing a ho yin jia is the is the uh name of the master uh who apparently is also um jet lee's character's master in fist of legend um so jet lee really? made a movie called fist of legend in 94 uh and yeah hu yin jia is in the movie teaching jet lee uh and so now jet lee is playing hu yin jia which is, a, this is kind of a fun thing that i learned recently uh and now i really want to play uh a double feature of Fist of Legend and Fearless for Inferno of Danger at the Roxy at some point. Nice. Uh, and that'd be pretty cool. But Jet Li uh, stars in this movie as Hu Yun Jia, and he's just this completely arrogant martial arts master who thinks he's better than everyone else, and everyone like kind of buys into his shit. And then he pisses off the wrong guy, and he loses everything. His family is killed. He loses his family's restaurant. He's, he's poor. And uh, it's and he goes on this journey of self-discovery, essentially. Is this the one that's... Uh, no, I'm, I'm actually I'm mixing it up a little bit with true legend, which has a very similar arc. Um, yeah, but I was yeah. like, Oh, and then he becomes the drunken master. No, that's true legend. That's, that's a different thing. Um, but this, in this one, he, um, kind of begins this very revered martial arts school, uh, yes. that, uh, kind of comes to be, uh, and it ends with this tournament, uh, where he's fighting off the European champions. Uh, and, uh, it's just so great, man. I, I think all of the action, in this movie is so, is so cool. And, uh, it's choreographed by young Wu Ping. Uh, it's more brutal than I think other, Yun Wu Ping movies uh, that we've talked about on this podcast. Yeah, is this the one that ends with the um? Oh, what's the like the Japanese guy, right? Like refuses to kill him, but he's been poisoned. Is this true? Is that true? Yeah, 
right? Uh, yeah, that that is fearless. Yeah, he yeah, he's been, yeah, he's been poisoned. Uh, so yeah, it's a uh, Japanese diplomat who uh, poisons uh, Hu Yunja. Um, but then yeah, it's that last battle with him and the Japanese guy Tanaka, and Tanaka yes. refuses to uh, actually defeat him. And so despite dying, Hu Yunja actually wins the match. Uh, it's it's really great. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. That's that shit. This movie rocks. Absolutely. So yeah, that actually just inspired me to swap another movie out uh, for my number nine is to go with uh, <laughs> the other one that we were just all confusing those things with, and that's uh, Tree Legend. Because okay. uh, even though Michelle Yeoh is in, I think, like 45 seconds of this movie, allegedly as her character from Crouching Tiger Hit Dragon or something, right? Isn't there some weird... Oh, uh, yeah, there's... It, um, it's, it's like a weird... Like, it might be, it might not be, but I think it's based on a similar... Like, it's the same time frame, and that one's direct... And True Legend also directed by Young Wu Ping, who uh, choreographed Crouching Tiger, so there's, like, connections to be made there. Yeah, and they, like, say her name, and it's the same name. Like, she's got one of the same names or something. Anyway. Yeah. But, yeah, this movie, like you said, I think, in particular, the first half or so is just the coolest shit of all time where there's this one like warlord dude who's got his armor like stitched into his body and there's this big fight for this guy's honor uh and it's awesome and he loses the main character uh loses who is uh vincent zhao played by vincent zhao and he gets like thrown into a river and his family thinks he's dead and he's like washed away down the rapids and every he's everyone he's he's unconscious um, and he's found by michelle yo uh and like sort of nursed back to health and i might be mixing up the actual timeline of the movie because it's kind of confusing <laughs> like a lot of these <laughs> movies and uh he begins to this like mystical journey to train and then this is sort of where it kind of loses a little bit of steam where he's like entering this like other realm you know basically and he's training with the gods of of wushu and stuff and uh it just looks real bad <laughs> it's like very clearly just a big green screen room and right there's, there's none of that when it finally gets past all that and he like has reached achieved enlightenment like uh, enlightenment and uh he goes on to like exact his revenge it's another really brutal awesome fight scene of him like kind of assaulting this thing uh like fortress or whatever and um yeah true legend it 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 pretty much rules is what i'm saying yeah i mean uh i also think true legend rules uh for like two-thirds of its running time and it's like just (laughs) it's a weird stretch in the middle where it's like i don't know about this but yeah a true legend was uh, an honorable mention for me as well um so a movie that uh, is great i'm glad you uh, threw it on the list i'm curious what you removed from the list to uh quickly add true legend um it was uh just uh, haunting in venice it felt felt too (laughs) soon when you as soon as you mentioned like uh fearless and i was like oh yeah true legend i was like i'm just gonna swap these out we've already yeah. talked about haunting in venice a bunch yeah fair enough we talked about it last week let's, that, get that out. Is, let's move on let's get out of here also true yeah i mean as as more time passes perhaps a haunting in venice will climb the list even more yes. uh it's it's really great people should go watch it uh all right my number nine michelle yo movie i am thinking this might be a controversial choice whoa uh for my number nine at least uh and that is uh, episode 47 of the podcast uh the movie that won best picture at the oscars last year what uh everything everywhere <laughs> all at once i mean go off king i mean uh, you know <laughs> honestly so i i like this movie a lot i think it's really great i i really enjoy everything everywhere all at once I don't love it like a lot of other people love it. And I think uh, we talked about that on that episode. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I do really enjoy it, though. I think it's really good. And I, I almost toyed with like leaving it off the list. Um, but then I was like, you can't you can't do a Michelle Yeoh top 10. <laughs> 
and not have everything everywhere on there somewhere. somewhere. Right? Like it has to be on the list at least. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and it is really great. I mean, it's such a unique, fun, original, multiversal story. Uh, it's got this like really fun energy to it. Uh, and like we kind of said in the performance uh, section of the podcast, Michelle Yeoh is undeniable in it. She's so great. Uh, but it's not just her. Everyone is really fantastic. Kihi Kwan, who came back from no- like a total obscurity to star in this movie and is now just popping up as like a delightful supporting actor in a ton of things. He was great on this new season of Loki. And yeah, James Hong as the father and Stephanie Shu as a, t- a total breakout performance from her and Jamie Lee Curtis, who should not have won an Oscar for this movie, but it's still very fun to see her in it. Yeah. Uh, you know, everything ever all at once uh, is a really, really uh, fun multiversal comedy with a, a great emotional hook to it. Uh, and yeah, it's it's absolutely it's the reason this podcast exists. Like there's no way Michelle Yeoh would have won the poll if, if if everything everywhere had not come out two months earlier. Right. Correct. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. She would have been the lady from Crazy Rich Asians, which, I mean, is respectable in and of its own. Yeah. But uh, the Oscar race and all that stuff. Uh, the, well, I guess that was very way before that will be to the poll. But yeah, absolutely. Right. Without without this movie, we don't have this pod. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And so Everything Everywhere All at Once uh, is my number nine Michelle Yeoh movie. Uh, I will expect that we talk about it again at some point down this list. I I, I would be shocked if it's not Mike's number one. Uh, Actually, (laughs) actually. I can neither confirm nor deny these allegations before me. Um, We'll just have to see together. Yeah, fair enough. Mike D, what is your number eight Michelle Yeoh movie of all time? Uh, My number eight movie is Master Z It Man Legacy. Nice. Another, okay. another, are you whooping just all over this list? Yeah. We're lousy with them. Yeah. And like everything we talked about before, uh, Michelle Yeoh is so good in this movie. And this movie is a blast. It is a spinoff to the third movie in a franchise that like, you know, you might expect like, oh, what is this going to be? Come on. Like how good? You know, I don't know. I feel, I feel like in an American franchise it would just be like nothing it'd be so like but but uh Yun Wu-Pang just lends so much to it uh Zhang Jian is amazing uh as as the main guy and Dave Batista what I forgot yeah. that he's in this oh my god Batista's as, in it Tony Jaws in it Tony Jaws in it as just man with hat or something yes. like that right uh and yeah it's absolutely blast and and to have this sort of Yun Wu-Pang wire few stuff that we're used to uh, on this season being the kind of like wuja or period or historical epic thing and having it just be in like a 1950s set gangster crime movie is just awesome it's so cool so yeah masters e man legacy Nice. Another uh, honorable mention for me. Uh, so, yeah, did not make my list, but Master Z, really terrific. And of honestly, like I watched all the It Man movies uh, for Master Z. I think Master Z is my favorite one of those movies. The one without It Man wow. is my favorite uh, of the It Man movies. Crazy. Uh, and I would love to see more in the Master Z universe if they ever decide to uh, make more of those. All right. Here is uh, my number eight. Uh, and this is one of the five We Made It Ma Quintilogy movies. OK. Uh, and that is Police Story 3 Supercon. Nice. <laughs> a movie that has come up a lot uh, in this finale episode. But how could it not? It's so great. Uh, directed by Stanley Tong, uh, who took over. Uh, Jackie Chan was the director of the first two police stories uh and then stanley tong took over and uh worked with jackie chan a bunch in his career i think he also directed rumble in the bronx uh and maybe police story four first strike uh, or jackie chan's first strike as it was known in america so police story three super cop adds michelle Yeoh to the mix of the police story series uh makes her the co-lead of the movie uh and just she brings such a great balance to what jackie chan is doing like jackie chan is you know great action superstar but like his whole thing is that he's 
uh, uh, mess him up. He's he's goofy. He's got a shtick that he's doing, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, and Michelle Yeoh brings like a hyper competence to her character that uh, you know gives them a really good balance together. Uh, and yeah, this movie contains some of the most insane stunts I've ever seen put to film, and it's so thrilling and so fun. Uh, and I can't wait to watch it again at some point. Uh, this is like a, a definite. Many of these movies I I plan to play at the Roxy at some point um, because uh, for those who don't know. Uh, I host a series of the Roxy called Inferno of Danger, uh, where I, I play a different great action movie every month. Essentially, I have played one Michelle Yeoh movie, which might come up on this list in a little bit. Um, but Police Story 3 Supercop might be the next one to, to happen. Uh, it's it's so great. So, yeah, Police Story 3, my number eight. That was episode seven of this podcast, by the way. Wow. Out of the police stories, is this is this your fave or do you prefer one or two? You know, I would have to rewatch them. Uh, it's definitely better than two, I yeah. would say. I, I think two is the weakest of the three. And I haven't seen I, I haven't seen four first strike. I haven't seen that one. Okay. Um, but uh, it's up there with the first one. Uh, I think maybe the first one edges it out just a little bit. Just I mean, I, I, and I'm thinking specifically of like how I watched both movies where police story I watched as like the fifth movie in a Kung Fu movie marathon at the Roxy on New Year's Eve. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. you know, was uh, completely blown away by that thing. And Police Story 3, I watched at home. So it was a, l- a little bit different. But uh, yeah, I think they're both fantastic. I think maybe Police Story, Police Story, the original. I, I don't know. It, it's a tough call. What do you think? I mean, I guess it's probably my favorite. I don't really. Re- I did like one and two a lot, though, or at least one. I forget what I was just watching recently where something happens and it's like they're they're basically doing the bus scene <laughs> from Police story one, uh, like hanging out the window and stuff. But was it anyway, Shang-Chi? <laughs> it might have been Shang-Chi. I know we talked about it in Shang-Chi. But, right. Uh, but yeah, I, I really like, I think Supercop 3, I always say that. Police story <laughs> 3, Supercop. Yeah. Supercop 3 just rolls off so much faster. There should, uh, there should have been a Supercop 3. There should have been Supercop 3. Yeah, I, I just picked that one because it's Michelle Yeoh of it all. Why not? Yeah, sure. She's fantastic at it. Um, and so that is my number eight Michelle Yeoh movie of all time. Mike D, what is your number seven? My number seven is is a mighty classic, a Roger Spottiswood joint from 1997, uh, Tomorrow Never Dies. <laughs> I thought you were going, uh, The Children of Huang Shi, also <laughs> a Roger Spottiswood joint. I forgot that was it. Yeah, same guy. <laughs> uh, would you pause the soap? Over there. You were pretty good with that hook. It comes from growing up in a rough neighborhood. Uh-huh. You were pretty good on the bike. Well, that comes from not growing up at all. <laughs> Here, allow me. Don't get any ideas, Mr. Bond. Just off the cuff, I thought we might link up. Work hand in hand? Stick closer to each other. Yeah. Maybe we go after General Chang together. Your turn. Thanks for washing my hair. I work alone. <laughs> that would have been a real swerve. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I, we've probably talked about this on that episode about how this is just, uh, you know, probably the I think the first Bond movie I saw in theaters. So it's a real big nostalgia movie for me. Um, and it's just so much fun. And what's his name? Jonathan Price as as the like media mogul newspaper guy. Right. Uh, just an awful villain. <laughs> I mean, it's really, I mean, like, uh, like within the movie, um, but also like, it's kind of funny to see like all the, in the ranking of Bond movie villains, like, you know, all these like really evil men and he's just like, I want global broadcast rights. And you're like, okay, bro, (laughs) like like, whatever, man. (laughs) Um, but it's just super campy and, and, um, this and GoldenEye are like some of my, my favorite 
Bond movies just for the nostalgia hit of them all. And yeah, Michelle Yeoh is great. It's incredible. Like we were talking about before, like just meeting Bond or exceeding him on almost everything in the movie. I think I think you mentioned almost every single line that Pierce Brosnan says is some kind of double entendre or like flirting line or something yeah. like that, which is just wild when you're like talking to Jonathan Price. <laughs> it's like <laughs> there's no difference between Terry Hatcher and Jonathan Price in, yep. in, in, in this dialogue and stuff. So, yeah, Tomorrow Never Dies. Absolute, absolute blast for me. Nice. Uh, you are hitting a lot of my honorable mentions on your list, Mike. Oh, uh, interesting. Yeah, well, yeah. That's good. Never yeah. Not- overlapping a ton so far yeah no tomorrow never dies also an honorable mention for me like i said i think it might be my favorite brosnan bonds now i mean granted you know he has four movies two of them aren't that good um so it's really like between <laughs> yeah. this and goldeneye uh but i rewatched goldeneye and uh i think i think i watched tomorrow never dies first and then i was like you know what i'm gonna watch goldeneye also and uh i don't know maybe it's because of that order but like tomorrow never dies just feels more fun than than goldeneye does there's yeah great stuff in goldeneye i really enjoyed it um but yeah tomorrow never dies i just had a blast with absolutely i mean i i do also really like world is not enough uh sure just, yeah if, i i also kind of enjoy that movie too um yeah but it's definitely like not as good as those two like no. goldeneye or uh, tomorrow never dies <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> uh but the world is not enough does have my favorite brosnan bond line um which is you know i thought christmas came only once a year right um <laughs> Just the best thing that's ever been put to film. Fade to credits, pretty much, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then Die Another Day we don't talk about. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, but yeah, Tomorrow Never Dies, Mike's number seven, Michelle Yeoh movie of all time. Uh, and my number seven uh, is episode five of this podcast, and that is 1987's Magnificent Warriors. Oh. Uh, yes, uh, this movie uh, is super fun. Uh, it's like you said before, it's Michelle Yeoh. It's a ragtag group of rebels. It's essentially it's the plot of Star Wars. Um, yeah. With the attitude of like, you know, but you take Michelle Yeoh and she's basically an amalgam of Han Solo and Indiana Jones. She literally has like the hat and the whip. Like she's doing yeah. it. She's doing Indiana Jones. She's doing the thing. Um, but she is also like, you know, the the kind of cocky flyboy kind of character, like the Han Solo type thing. Uh, and you you take the plot of Star Wars, but like set it against like this plot with Hong Kong against like China against Japan and in, in World War Two. Uh, and uh, you have a movie. It's it's a really good time. Uh, it's it's a great uh, kind of character piece for her. Uh, you know, it's it's very funny. The action's so good. Uh, and yeah, the ensemble that they develop in this movie is so great. Uh, and it's uh, really surprisingly brutally violent at many points, uh, which is also a good time. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we got a f- real fun Richard Ng performance, right? He's like the beggar or whatever yes. in this movie. I uh, think this was like his biggest showcase that we got to see. I mean, he's also he's he's one of the lucky stars. Uh, so you get that. Yeah. Um, but his biggest showcase in a movie that we liked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, Magnificent Warriors. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so he was he's it's very fun that he's in this. Uh, and yeah, this movie rocks and I got to rewatch it, basically. Yeah, definitely. Um, so there you go. My number seven, Magnificent Warriors. Mike D, what is your number six Michelle Yeoh movie of all time? Uh, my number six movie, I should have put it number seven just for shits and giggles because it's Wonders Heaven. Of course. <laughs> I, I knew this had to make your list. Yeah, <laughs> had to make the list. It was, it was a race between Tomorrow Never Dies and Wonder Seven. of like, how high could I reasonably get these? <laughs> put these on the list? <laughs> I feel like bottom half is okay is acceptable um and yeah i don't know what it was about this movie that just like completely infatuated me where it is just this group of like basically super spies this ragtag group called the wonder seven and uh i honestly don't remember something with a credit card or like a bank payment or some shit i don't know somebody steals something from somebody uh, and the wonder seven's on the case and michelle yo is starts out as an evil person uh as one of the evil henchmen uh who 
falls in love with the Bane guy or so, probably, I don't remember. Uh, somehow it gets converted. Oh yeah. Cause they, they do a lot of like love date fighting in this movie. Right. Like, yep. um, and uh, eventually realizes the error of her ways and co- joins the wonder seven to take down the bad guy, which culminates in the elevator bullet that we've talked about. Yes. <laughs> the aforementioned elevator <laughs> yeah. bullet. Uh, yeah. No wonder seven did not make my list. <laughs> not even an honorable mention. Not Damn. even an honorable mention, but I did like it. I, I ultimately <laughs> enjoyed the movie and it really, I mean, is salvaged by that elevator bullet scene, which is the most insane thing that's ever happened. Uh, yeah, no, like but I, that and far North are the craziest endings yeah. ever in a movie. <laughs> and they both and have Michelle. Yeah. They're both Michelle. Yeah. Movies. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, but I'm glad wonder seven made your list, Mike. I, I feel like this episode would have been incomplete. If, if it didn't make your top 10, I think like, so. I'm surprised it wasn't higher. Like <laughs> <laughs> I was seriously like, how high can I go? Right. But I was figuring let's do bottom, uh, bottom five. You know? Yeah. Fair enough. So that's your number six, which is wonder seven. Uh, my number six, uh, is the, the movie that you talked about right before the list started from 1993 episode 13 of the podcast, Tai Chi master. Nice. Um, just for that one pillar shot. <laughs> just for the one pillar shot, of course. Uh, no, I think even beyond the pillar shot, Mike, uh, this movie is amazing. Um, this is directed by Yun Wu Ping. I think this is the first Yun Wu Ping movie that we got to watch in the podcast. That uh, sounds right. Like it was this and Wing Chun back to back, I think. Uh, and Tai Chi Master uh, stars Jet Li as this, uh, you know, kid who grew up, uh, you know, as you know, learning martial arts with his friend and they grew up together and they both get banished from their martial arts school at the same time. Uh, his one, his friend who is like, his best friend since childhood uh, ends up joining the evil empire and uh, Jet Li ends up joining this band of rebels. Uh, And (laughs) (laughs) once again, this is Star Wars. Uh, and uh, but guess what? Star Wars is a pretty great plot. And uh, it's, it's a pretty great archetypal thing that you can yeah. kind of just latch onto anything. Uh, and yeah, uh, Michelle Yeoh gets involved as one of the rebels. She, I don't think she's a love interest like you mentioned before. I think she is just like somebody who's there. The movie opens when you first see her. Her husband has just left her, I think. Um, or she's recently broken up with her husband. She's like a drunk. She's like she's oh, a oh, yeah, like she, she's like in the streets being a drunk. And uh, there's a moment where she's like. There's a wine bottle fight, I think, between her and Jet Li, where she yes. has like this casket of wine that he takes, like he breaks and they have a fight afterwards, uh, which is really fun. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a movie that really balances like, OK, we're having fun. It's like wacky kung fu hijinks. Uh, and then also this like really great just operatic story, you know, about two friends who have gone on different paths and then must face against each other later in life. I, I had a great time with Tai Chi Master. Uh, it's uh, I think a pretty solid. She has a solid supporting role in this movie, but she's definitely not the main focus but and it's really jet lee's movie but uh yeah yeah both of them uh do a great job in this yeah absolutely i kind of get yeah i forgot that she sort of is not the love interest uh in that movie but yeah the movie rocks they're they're all so fun in that in that whole post uh super cop early 90s wuja movement yes (laughs) or whatever you want to call it uh holly weapon and all that stuff and uh butterfly and sword and all that so yeah absolutely so that is my number six michelle yo movie of all time we are now in the top five mike the upper echelon of michelle yo movies uh so what is your number five my number five comes right from that sweet spot we were just talking about and that is johnny toe's heroic trio okay michelle yo maggie chung anita mui superheroes Wonder Woman, but not that one. Yep. Invisible <laughs> um, Woman, but not that one. Not that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so much fun and just an absolute insane movie about baby murders or kidnaps. Ki- uh, I don't really honestly remember. There's like a demon king guy who uh, one of these babies will 
is prophesized to like uh, just just dethrone him or defeat him. So he must kill all the babies, basically. Yes. And Michelle Yeoh, uh, like you mentioned before, is also is one of the henchmen, but she falls in love with the guy who invented the invisibility cloak and all this stuff. And uh, she realizes the error of her ways and joins the good guys, <laughs> basically. And it's just so much fun and it's so exciting and cool and also batshit insane um, that culminates in them going to the underworld and like fighting this demon king guy who launches himself into the real world, but he explodes or something and all of his skin burns off and he's yeah. just like a claymate. He's like the skeletons from Army of Darkness and he fights them. Yep. And it's awesome. <laughs> it's just batshit insane. And then I think he just like launches into the air and explodes or Michelle Yeoh jumps off. Of, somebody jumps off a building. I don't really remember how he yeah. dies. Well, he but, latches uh, on to Michelle Yeoh uh, and she's like being possessed by yeah, uh, like the, on the body. Like she has, she has no control over her body because he's taken it over. And then yeah. she, then she jumps, and the power of that, like that self-sacrifice, is what destroys him. Yeah, uh, he explodes. Yes, I love the heroic trio. Uh, it might come up a little bit later on my list. Interesting. Uh, just throw that out there. So uh, yeah, we'll move on. But yeah, heroic trio. Mike's number five Michelle Yeoh movie of all time, uh, and my number five uh, is a movie that uh, Mike referenced earlier in his uh, Michelle Yeoh performances, uh, and that is Danny Boyle's Sunshine. Icarus, pass me through to Maze. I have something wonderful to show him. Oh, Cassie, oh, Kappa. Icarus. Which, uh, like I said before, um, this this is a movie I had seen once before and uh, thought it was pretty good. I thought it was like fine. I I, I I knew a lot, a few people, like a few critics that I respected, like really loved it. Uh, and so I watched it and thought it was OK. I, I've never been like the biggest Danny Boyle fan. Um, I like some of his stuff and dislike others. And then I rewatched Sunshine for this podcast. And I like from minute one, I was locked in. I was like, this is the <laughs> best movie I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, and truly, I, I think this gets the most improved award for me. Like, I, I really, really loved Sunshine uh, this time around. I think it's such a uh, an effective uh, space horror movie. Uh, it's a great sci fi movie. Uh, it's a great ensemble that they uh, develop for this thing because you have Killian Murphy in kind of the lead role. Uh, and then it's also Michelle Yeoh. It's Benedict Wong. It's Hiroyuki Sonata. Chris Evans. Chris Evans, who giving you one of his best performances as well. He's amazing in this movie. Yeah. And Rose Byrne is in here. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's so many like great subtle touches to it, like the way Killian Murphy and Rose Burns characters like are sort of hinted at being in a relationship, but you don't actually get that from like the text. It's just kind of like what you kind of get from the subtext, uh, you know, all that stuff. It, it takes a very like clinical, like, you know, scientific view to the entire thing and uh, gives you some really effective space horror. Uh, and Michelle Yeoh is really great in it, too. So, yeah, Sunshine is my number five. Hell yeah. Yeah, this movie absolutely rips, which is why it's my number four. There you go. There it is. <laughs> um, ditto everything you said. Um, I want to highlight also Cliff Curtis is one of the guys on the crew who's the guy that like goes to the observation deck and is like obsessed with pushing how much she could limit, how much he can like open the screen or whatever to like get the full view of the sun and just him throughout the movie starting off just like getting a little tan and then darker. And then he's just like full 
sunburn. And by the end, he's just like peeling and disgusting. Yes. And, like his lips are chapped because he's just like become addicted to being exposed to the sun and like <laughs> seeing God or whatever. Right. Yep. That kind of becomes the whole thing of the movie. Lest we also forget Mark Strong is in this movie at some point. And yes, he he's is. awesome. It's crazy and crazy. So, yeah, I absolutely love this is probably probably biggest discovery, I guess, for me would be Sunshine, um, I guess, other than the Wuja stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> like the, the entire genre of wire-free Wuja movies. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, I think, the best English language movie that we talked about on this podcast. Yes, I think that's a good good descriptor for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, so number four. Nice. All right. So my number five was Sunshine. It was also Mike's number four. So we can move on into my number four, uh, which is Yes, Madam uh, from episode three. This uh, low? <laughs> uh fair i mean totally fair yes madam rules uh it's uh you know a a basically pitch perfect action movie uh with a total like looney tunes sensibility to it like you were kind of saying before where uh you know it's stuff where you know people are running around kind of like a scooby-doo through doors kind of like situation there's a lot of that going on yeah i really love yes madam uh we've covered a lot on this episode already but uh such a star making turn for michelle yo the hi-fi with cynthia rothrock just kind of sets the tone for the rest of her career uh and especially in hong kong and uh yeah just throwing herself into these action set pieces uh, it's so impressive and so cool and uh all of the action is unbelievable like it, it's just like you're seeing people throw themselves through things that you'd never thought they should be thrown through in their lives yeah. uh and yeah it, it's a great time um so yeah yes madam is my number four absolutely stay tuned okay fair enough uh so mike d what does that make your number three my number three is of course ang lee's crouching tiger hidden dragon absolute banger of a movie we've already talked about it a lot um but yeah just this kind of the beauty the beautiful elegance uh of all this and really really turning into keying into the you know action portrayed as dance yes. <laughs> type thing um and really the platonic ideal of that i don't know if this has ever really been matched um and having all the wire foo and yun ping uh choreography the grand romance of it all mixed in with the absolutely mind melting uh sword fighting and action choreography and stuff is so good so um yeah number three Crouch nice. Tiger, Hidden Dragon. all right stay tuned uh <laughs> i guess uh that's coming up as well so yeah crouching tiger hidden dragon mike d's number three michelle yo movie of all time uh my number three and uh by process of elimination it sounds like this is not going to be on your list uh is royal warriors from 1986 nice. um and so this is the movie that uh, was right after Yes, Madam. Yes, Madam was episode three, Royal Warriors episode four. Uh, and this was right when I was about to realize, like, are we on the best run of this podcast we've ever had? Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then Magnificent Warriors, right, was next. Yeah. Yes. And then it was Easy Money, which we don't count. And then it was uh, <laughs> Police Story 3 and Heroic Trio right afterwards. Like, man, what a, what a run that was. And Easy Money was fine. Like, it wasn't bad. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, but Royal Warriors, um, I, I kind of struggled whether I liked Yes, Madam or Royal Warriors more. And I put Yes, Madam at four, Royal Warriors at three. And I think I'm putting Royal Warriors ahead of it um, because I think it has all of the great action that Yes, Madam has. Like, it has like everything maybe even more sophisticated great action like it's just it every action set piece is unbelievable it looks so good um but on top of that uh there is a real like emotional through line for michelle yo's character like she is going through an arc and not just her hiroyuki sonata also has like an arc too where his family gets killed in a car yeah. bomb and uh he has to get his revenge and all that kind of stuff uh yes madam is you know her inspecting a case and kind of being on like the outside looking in sort of thing right you know she's trying to investigate what's going on but and everything is turned up to like a, a degree of wackiness that doesn't really allow for much emotional investment in the characters uh, other than that just like oh you're, you're having fun watching them uh royal warriors is truly like it, it gets to 
some really emotional places. Uh, and I think Michelle Yeoh's performance is so good in that. Uh, and it gets to do that on top of all the great action stuff. And I think that's why it edged out. Yes, madam, just a little bit for me. Uh, and that's why Royal Warriors is my number three Michelle Yeoh movie of all time. That's fair. Yeah. It has a, a, you know, a pretty serious story and then also a chainsaw fight. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And who's the guy, Michael something that plays her love interest or the, the suitor guy that dies, Uh, right? Yeah. The character's name is Michael. uh, And I believe it's Michael Wong is the, is the actor who I think is also in, in the line of duty three or four. He's in one of those movies. He's in a few. Yeah. He's around in this, these movies. Um, or maybe he was in, Oh, maybe four. I think you're right. I think, I think he's four. in four. Yeah, he's the bad guy in four. Yeah, yeah. Royal Warriors rules. Those those movies all these movies all rule. So that's why number two for me is yes, madam. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I kind of figured. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, everything we've been talking about the whole episode. So we don't really need to go too much into it, other than that to see Yo put out five of the best movies that have ever been made in a row asterisk yeah (laughs) uh, asterisk with easy money and then a five-year gap with her retirement exactly (laughs) yeah five-year retirement and easy money but yeah perfect perfect movie so much fun and and i think i don't know i wonder i wonder if maybe royal warriors would be more a little easier to show people uh like friends like you know people that may not be into these movies necessarily i did show people yes madam they had a lot of fun with it and it was exciting but it is like so manic and yeah. so zane has that that cartoon quality to it that it, i felt like i found myself being like oh no do they like this you know kind of like oh is right. this too much uh but if royal warriors is a little bit more of a straight ahead kind of crime thriller action movie and here he's not as so good it's it's awesome that they're in the, at least he's in two they're in two movies together he would have been a great candidate for number season four but we can't do it because alas yeah alas. Uh, by our own rules uh yeah nobody who is in a movie with michelle yo uh, can be a candidate for season four of the podcast, which unfortunately removes like half of Asia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it is like the same 20 people though. <laughs> right, that's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Royal Warriors rules. It's my number three. And yes, madam, Mike's number two, this uh, countdown. So we can move on into my number two, uh, which Mike also recently covered. It's Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Nice. Uh, and yeah, I had a, uh, for a while I was like, this is, this is the obvious number one. Like to me, Crouching Tiger is like, this is the obvious number one. And then I ultimately went with a different movie for number one. Interesting. <laughs> um, but Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, it is the the most classically great movie in Michelle Yeoh's filmography. Uh, of course, this is an Ang Lee film. It, it's, it was such a, a breakout hit. I mean, obviously uh, we talked about it in the podcast, but uh, for a foreign language film to be as highly regarded as it was in the States and to get the uh, best picture nomination and to get there, like that was so rare at that time and to cross like a hundred million dollars domestically. Like it's, it's just, it it did so many accomplished so many things. I think was a really good, um, gateway foreign film for a lot of people, uh, in the United States. Uh, and so there was that on top of all that, it's a phenomenal film. Michelle Yeoh is so great. And we talked about it so much in this podcast already, (laughs) but Michelle Yeoh and Chow Yun-Fat, their romance is, is so incredible. And all the action is, is so balletic and beautiful. And, uh, there are so many sequences in this movie, uh, that I think about all the time. And, uh, there was a time I've seen this movie like three or four times now. I think when I first saw it, I really liked it up until the extended flashback sequence where it kind of shows the backstory of Zhang Yi's romance um, with the guy in the desert. Yeah. And it, it takes a long time uh, and all that kind of stuff. And that's something I, I continued to feel as I kept watching the movie, but 
as I kept watching the movie, like the third or fourth time I saw it, by the time I got to it for the podcast, I was like, I do still feel like it halts the movie, like the pacing of the film, but it's so essential to your emotional investment in those characters for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it, it, I have come around to being like, yeah, this is basically a perfect film. Uh, it's so, it's so great. Yeah. I forgot about that sequence, but it is, it is one of those, uh, like absolutely necessary pauses that you have to have in a movie like that sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so crouching tiger, hidden dragon, uh, so close to being my number one, uh, almost, uh, you know, heresy that, that it wouldn't be number one, uh, to me. Um, but I, I ultimately, I had to go with my heart for a different number one, but first, we got to go with your number one, Mike, which I think I figured out. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I uh, said it already. <laughs> you, yeah, actually, that that's true. You did. So what is your number one movie of, of uh, what is your number one Michelle Yeoh movie of all time? Uh, Moonlight Express. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> it is, of course, final recipe. Uh, yeah, the touch. It is, of course, everything, everywhere, all at once, uh, directed by the Daniels. What's happening? I'm talking to my ex-husband. Like I said to you before. It's you messing with my head. Shh. What do I do? She means head. Imagine, and I said, don't worry. Calm down, please. Calm down. Relax your body in the other universe, please. Introduction. Going to autopilot. You can't then deduct it if it's an off. Good. Good. They don't know you and I are in this universe yet. So hopefully I'll have some time to explain. I'm not your husband, and he's not the one you know. I'm another version of him from another life path, another universe. I'm here because we need your help. Very busy today. Uh, no time to help you. There's a great evil that has taken root in my world and has begun spreading its chaos throughout the many verses. I've spent years searching for the one who might be able to match this great evil with an even greater good and bring back balance. All those years of searching have brought me here, to this universe, to you. I know it's a lot to take in right now. Got to Mrs. Wang. Hello. And yeah, I mean, like I talked about in the performances um, list, it's just the kind of perfect movie for me, uh, hit me in all the right places, got me emotional, deeply invested in everything. And one of those, and you got to sit here and breathe and think for a little while once it ended, you know, kind of things. Um, and I think that's the kind of power of this movie is that it can hit everybody differently in those ways, even though I am not a Asian son of immigrant parent, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like right. I'm, I'm not what this movie is about necessarily, but I feel like it has such a universality, um, to it that it, it, it squarely fits, um, with everything. And uh, yeah, just, I don't know. I don't know what else to say other than for, that I didn't talk about in the performances section. <laughs> that it's a great movie. I, ha I love it. Uh, I've watched it tons of times already and it's only been a year or I guess now it's a year, actually a year and change, two years almost. Um, yeah. But um, love this movie. And that, that's it. Number number one, best movie. And it yeah. feels weird to say that about a movie from last year about on a 50 movie career, you know, 30, 40 years. And sure. Like, yeah. But uh that, that's what it is. So I'm very interested to hear what your your number one is. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, just back to everything everywhere for a second. It really does feel like this is like the culmination of everything that Michelle yeah. Yeoh had been doing. Right. Like, I mean, it's really like a once in a lifetime, like career opportunity uh, to get a movie like that, that really taps into her skill sets and everything that she can do in a movie and really allows her to kind of express all of it uh, at once. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It, it does feel, it feels pretty good actually, you know, putting Yes, Madam at number two, the first one, you know, right. and then essentially the first one, essentially the first, her first starring role, uh, from 1985 and then everything everywhere at number one that like 
she's been great the whole time. It's not like she peaked yeah. at the beginning or she's just now peaking. Like it's been, it's been this quality since Oliver's Bombo, where she's doing the big melodrama stuff in the classroom. Yes. Uh, and I remember when we saw Oliver's Bombo, um, I mean, we haven't talked about the movie that much other than the delightful uh, sequence uh, yes. in the, by the fountain, the musical number. Um, but Michelle Yeoh's performance in that movie is really good. Uh, yeah. And we remember we talked about that and it's like, oh, this is like a kind of an action movie, um, but it's not. But it's also like a, a melodrama about like, you know, how do I reach these kids in, in school? <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 like an after school special thing. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, and Michelle Yeoh plays the teacher who only gets like a couple of scenes. Um, and I think she's also in a relationship with uh, the owl, right? Um, I think so. Yeah, because yeah, Kasama Hung is Bombo, so it's uh, George, oh, George Lau. George Lau, I want to say. Um, yes, like, uh, like Canto Pop guy. Yeah. Yes, uh, and so she um, is sort of his love interest, and uh, yeah, she gets some really like effective uh, sequences in the movie that uh, kind of like tell you like, oh man. Like she's really got something here. Like it's, it's, this is like a, a, it doesn't have to be like, this could have been a nothing role and she did something with it, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Especially coming like the thing before that is like whatever that watch commercial with Jackie Chan. Right. Um, yeah. And then it's the, and then it's Oliver's Bombo and we were just like kind of off to the races from there. So yes, absolutely. Um, so everything everywhere all at once, Mike's number one, Michelle Yeoh movie of all time. I think one of his favorite movies of all time, um, just in absolutely, general. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, like you said, it was the movie that kind of got you back into going to the theater in a big way for a little while. At least it was, I think your number one movie of last year, uh, which we talked about pretty extensively on Mike might go to the movies. Yeah. And of course we've talked about this movie a bunch, uh, just on this podcast, uh, it's, <laughs> just it's a, it's in the a, last three hours. Yeah. It's a pretty landmark Michelle Yeoh film. Obviously she won the Oscar for it. Uh, yeah. and it won a bunch of other Oscars too. Um, and yeah, a, a wild success story that movie has had, uh, and it's Mike's number one, but my number one is going back to the nineties, uh, from 1993. And that is the heroic trio. Hell yeah. Uh, directed by Johnny toe. This was episode eight of the podcast. One of the many discoveries I got to make on this podcast. Podcast, uh, and none more delightful than this movie. Um, so I think when I first saw Heroic Trio, I was kind of blown away by how insane it was. And that's yes. something that we get a lot of in the Hong Kong movies. Like, wow, this movie's insane. Heroic Trio is like a next level <laughs> of insanity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where truly, I mean, the the reckless disregard for baby's safety um, is something that really sets this movie apart from every other movie I've ever seen. <laughs> you <Yes>. know? <laughs> Absolutely. I had a not to cut you off, but I had a funny experience where I was trying to show somebody, I think the skeleton fight at the end of the movie. Right. Uh, and I like clicked to the wrong place in the progress bar. It was like one of the baby death scenes. <laughs> they were like, what are you trying to show me? And I was right. like, no, 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 no. I promise. <laughs> was it the scene where Maggie Chung, the hero of the movie blows up a bunch of babies with dynamite because she's like, I, well, they're going to grow up to be evil anyway. Uh, I think so. Yeah. She just like <laughs> kills them with grenades and dynamite. And stuff. Right. And uh, then you watch the babies piss themselves as they blow up. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly the scene it was. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so here's the thing. So I, I watched Row Trio, really loved it. We just kind of just in love with how insane it was and maybe had it at like number four or five when I first watched it. Like, you know, it was, it was up there, but it wasn't like quite number one. And then about a year later, um, cause that was a pretty early movie in the Michelle Yeoh filmography. No, number um, eight, you said. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was episode number eight. So we probably watched it in like September or October, something along those lines of last year. In August of this year, 
I played it for Inferno of Danger. Uh, <laughs> so I played it at the Roxy. Like I said, that's my series where I, I do a different action movie every month. I wanted to get a Michelle Yeoh movie in there and I wanted it to be the heroic trio. Uh, and it was, I think the biggest gamble, one of, one of the biggest gambles I had this entire year, um, because I was like, this is probably the most obscure movie that I'm showing. Um, so I'm like curious, like it's, it's, if this is going to draw an audience. Um, but the month before I had shown the legend of drunken master and drew a big crowd and put the trailer in front of it. So people seemed into it. They were excited, uh, ended up almost selling out the theater, um, uh, which was really great, uh, for this movie, especially, <laughs> uh, and I got to show them the heroic trio. Uh, and I should have in my intro, I should have been like, Hey, heads up there's some crazy shit in this um, content warning. Yeah. yeah. I didn't prepare them for any of that. Uh, and so I got to hear <laughs> my theater's reaction when the baby, uh, when Maggie Chung dropped the baby and it fell on a, on a rusty nail, uh, and it's, <laughs> and it's head went into the rusty nail. Uh, and you, you can't, I can't even replicate what that sound was like for the, for my theater's reaction. Um, but everybody was like, what? Like, <laughs> like, and luckily, <laughs> pretty much everybody was into the movie. Like, Thank it, God. It, like I was really worried about how it would go over, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but people were like, either like kind of like kind of blown away. Like I can't like, couldn't process what they had just seen or they were like, man, that was amazing. That was fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's one of those things that like, at least to an American audience, I don't know about a Hong Kong audience in the 1993, sure. but it's like so dangerous, right? Like the rest of the, from that yeah. moment on, you're like literally anything can happen in this movie now. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, it's why, um, there's the very famous uh, scene in assault and precinct 13, John Carpenter's movie where he kills the like, little girl gets killed in front of the ice cream truck. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it's that moment where it's like, Oh shit. Like you're not allowed to do this. Anything can happen. <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. Uh, and the road trio has that times like infinity because it's <laughs> it not just, just one kid. Stop. There's, there's, dozens of kids that are dying in this movie yeah. uh and yeah and the actual trio themselves are so fun i mean it's michelle yo maggie chung anita moy uh all giving really fun charismatic performances all looking incredible like just looking hot as hell um, oh my god uh maggie chung i mean just like i i think about it a lot um <laughs> she's <laughs> she looks so great i think i said that already this episode but like i, man, think, I, think, so. I think about it a lot um and <laughs> <laughs> her like uh, like a greaser biker leather jacket like yeah. uh, with the shotgun it's great yeah it's it's so so cool um and all of the action set pieces uh you know we really didn't highlight anything uh like that for our like top five action scenes or whatever um because they're maybe not like as like technically like big stunts or whatever like some of the other stuff is but like you know you got the scene with like this giant bodyguard with the flying guillotine who's killing people you got yeah. the scene where the train goes through the wall you got all, all this stuff that's happening it's it's awesome. The heroic trio rules. And then it, of course, culminates in that insane final fight where they're finally fighting the evil master uh, and he becomes this like, you know, stop motion skeleton creature. Uh, and it's just the wildest shit. I love this movie. great. I haven't I wish I should watch it. I haven't watched it since we covered it on the pod. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I accidentally showed my friends the babies pissing themselves. To death. Um, <laughs> yeah, you should give them the context for it. You know, I, give them the full... <laughs> I had to like pause it and explain. Yeah. I don't think it helped. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, heroic trio rules and, uh, you know, uh, executioners I thought was fine. Uh, I thought it was okay, but like not nearly as good as heroic trio. And, uh, and it's a weird, like, uh, I'm, I'm excited that they're both getting the criterion disc. That's great. Um, but, uh, people ask me, like, I, I was telling a few people like, oh yeah. And there's a sequel to this like executioners. And they're like, oh, why didn't you do like a double feature? Are you going to play executioners at some point? And I was like, I don't know. There's a lot of better movies I can show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> executioners, uh, executioners has some fine sequences in it, like some pretty fun action, but, um, 
just a, a lot of it's a lot of big swings similar to horror trio but i just think those those swings don't work as effectively in that movie yeah to make it a post-apocalyptic like post-nuclear winter societal collapse movie is wild um, yes and being about like smuggling water into a green zone or something like that. Yeah. And se- and separating the Turo trio. Like, yeah, the, the, the movie open like begins with them having broken up. Um, right. And the, the last movie ended with them getting together. Like they hadn't been the Hero trio until the last 10 minutes of yeah. the Hero trio. And then by the time this movie starts, they have they are no longer the Hero trio. And uh, I think my analogy in that episode was like, it's like if you started with X-Men and then the, your next movie was Logan. But there was right. no there was no X-Men movies in between. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was just X-Men and Loki. <laughs> That's perfect, actually. Yes, 100 um, percent. But yeah, Heroic Trio, it rules. Absolutely. So we did it. We counted down our top 10. We did it under three and a half hours, which I'm going to decide is an achievement for no reason. Yes. Uh, well, but before we kind of start wrapping this up, Mike, we got to do some honorable mentions. Um, uh, yes. Do you course. have any honorable mentions that you want to uh, talk about here? You know, Hunting in Venice flirted with it, but that felt like a little like, uh, you know, a bit much. Like I said before, sure. um, it was it was on your list and then you took it off at the last second. Took it off at the last second. Wing Chun, same deal. Felt like, you know, I kind of. We were hitting those. We were hitting those notes. Yeah, <laughs> um, and uh, Moonlight Express. Honestly, you know, I think okay. just for just for the sheer like weight and impact, like we talked about before, of Yo for so little screen time, and then you know, I don't know the other forty four movies. <laughs> yeah, fair <laughs> enough. I'll basically my honorable mentions are my eleven through twenty essentially. <laughs> just um, my so, list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, basically my number eleven is Wing Chun, um, mm. which is super fun. My number twelve is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Um, which, if I'm honest with myself, like I maybe would have put it up a little bit higher, but yeah, I don't know. It's 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 so great. I, I like it a lot. In the context of Yopod, you could put it at twelve. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, my number thirteen is the Sung Sisters. Uh, my number fourteen, Tomorrow Never Dies. My number fifteen, Holy Weapon, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I, this, this is I, my wonder seven <laughs> uh, yeah absolutely that's one i gotta give another shot to just because you seem to really love it uh you know i i similar to heroic trio i was just kind of taken by how insane it is um truly the, like, truly voltron at the end yes truly yeah they, it's seven uh women who all band together to form one giant superwoman um <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's great um yeah holy weapons not honorable mention uh kung fu panda 2 uh, mm. is an honorable mention for me. Uh, that movie's really great. It's really fun. It kind of gave me like a renewed appreciation for the Kung Fu Pandas. Um, and uh, I actually, I didn't watch it yet, but Kung Fu Panda 3 is on my Netflix list. I'm going to watch that at some point. Look at that. Uh, yeah, Kung Fu Panda 2, True Legends, also in there, uh, A Haunting in Venice, Crazy Rich Asians, and Master Z, It Man Legacy, uh, all kind of make up the rest of my honorable mentions. So yeah, a lot of movies that uh, did make your top 10. There it is. Look at that. Yes. Uh, and there we go. Should we run down our top 10 one more time, Mike? Sure. Uh, to do the recap, what is, uh, g- give me your 10 through one. Number 10 was the Soong Sisters. Number nine was True Legend. And number eight, Master Z, It Man Legacy. Number seven, Tomorrow Never Dies. Number six, Wonder Seven. Number five, The Heroic Trio. Number four, Sunshine. Number three, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Number two, Yes, Madam. Number one, Everything, everywhere, all at once. All right. And uh, my number 10 was Jet Li's Fearless. Uh, my number nine was Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. My number eight was Police Story 3 Super Cop. My number seven was Magnificent Warriors. My number six was Tai Chi Master. My number five was Sunshine. Uh, my number four was Yes, Madam. My number three was Royal Warriors. My number two was Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And my number one was The Heroic Trio. Uh, and there it is. Our top 10 Michelle Yeoh movies 
of all time. We did it, Mike. <laughs> we fucking did it. We, we made it through another season. Yes, we did. And uh, we can briefly speculate wildly on the future of Michelle Yeoh if you'd like. I mean, uh, we're going to be back with the Michelle Yeoh podcast in a few weeks, I guess, um, because uh, she's uh, the star of a new Netflix series, which premieres like the first week of January. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, so we're, we're uh, yeah, we got that. We got we got allegedly some avatars. We got Wicked yes. one and two. Yep. Um, so yeah, that, next year will be busy. Yeah, that's kind of what we know is on the horizon. So the brother's son is the Netflix TV show. Right. Um, which, yeah, like first or second week of January, that's coming out. Uh, we also know, I think she did a voice in uh, The Tiger's Apprentice, um, which uh, is a, an adaptation of a, a book uh, that uh, was supposed to be out in theaters uh, that instead is now getting a Paramount Plus streaming release. So that does not super bode well for the film, but we'll see we'll see how it goes there. Uh, and then really 2024, the big thing is going to be Wicked Part 1. Um, which uh, also stars Jeff Goldblum. Uh, so it'll be a combination episode of uh, oh. Jeff Goldblum, Michelle Yeoh. I, I will, I mean, we've got a lot of time until I have to do this, but I'm going to ask Kyle to like kind of try to combine the theme songs in some way. <laughs> I was going to ask, I can't wait to hear what that theme song sounds like. Yes. Uh, so we'll have to figure that out when we get to it. And then of course, uh, Avatar three and four, she is supposedly in, I mean, you never really know what the Avatar movies, um, yeah. who's going to be in what and what capacity and all that kind of stuff. But supposedly she is a human in Avatar three and four. I believe Avatar three was originally supposed to come out next year, but is now 20, 25 um oh, so we got a little time before we get to that one um but i'm sure we're gonna see other michelle yo stuff in that interim like during Absolutely. that time yeah and i know we have um we have coming up on the horizon for the immediate future we have you know the next we're gonna try to figure out the next uh subject for se- season four uh, but yeah. also that go bloom and that cage train don't stop running <laughs> that's right uh yeah we have two nicholas cage movies that we got to talk about uh, over the next couple of weeks butcher's crossing and dream scenario and jeff Goldblum also has a new movie um i don't know if it's been released yet um or i think it might just be playing festivals or whatever it is uh but they shot the piano player is the name of it can't wait to yeah. see whatever weird shit he's been up to yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to that i believe he's also surprised uh in a new wes anderson movie that's gonna come out at some point what? Uh, i believe and i think he's one of the main characters in this one um so well i mean we'll see i mean that that could also change like with with, with the wes anderson thing but i believe it's like jeff goldblum and michael Sarah in a in a wes anderson joint like sounds pretty good so that in. sounds great you could argue though the alien is the main character of uh asteroid <laughs> city but that's a different podcast that we that already is, recorded. Yes, that is very true. Um, but there you have it. Michelle Yeoh, season three of The Complete Works is now complete. Uh, thanks, Michelle Yeoh, for a really fun filmography for us to talk about. Yeah, yeah. I think overall hits to misses, best season we had so far. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think... Is especially in those early that early run of episodes i, I think the, so yeah those hong kong uh years are, are pretty unimpeachable and like we said that we had that we made it my quintilogy all five of those movies made my top 10 uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, uh yes madam royal warriors magnificent warriors police story three and uh, the heroic trio non-stop bangers and then even beyond that you had movies that maybe didn't work as well but we're still wild in their own right like wonder seven uh or executioners or holy weapon butterfly and sword uh which show hasn't really gotten a lot of love on this episode but that's a fine film (laughs) i remember that being okay but i think i think it's really overshadowed because i think it's then it's like 
after Heroic Tree and Executioners, I think it's like Holy Weapon, Butterfly and Sword, and then it's Tai Chi Master and Wing Chun, which are two yeah. perfect movies also. And it's just like, what's going on? We can't, can't miss. She just can't miss. Exactly. Yeah. No, it, it was pretty incredible. And then to have, uh, you know, her English language debut be Tomorrow Never Dies, uh, which we both really love. And then Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon right after that. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty great filmography uh, for that first half. And then that back half, um, you really... Uh, there's a lot of great stuff in there, you know, you, you sunshines and everything everywhere and, uh, you know, crazy rich Asians and all that. Um, but I think it is, uh, you, you know, it was indicative of, you know, man, it's difficult for, uh, older women of color in Hollywood to, to get roles, you know? Right. <laughs> and, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so you have more stuff like Morgan, uh, and <laughs> just, just for example, I don't mean to pick on Morgan. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. They gave her a standing ovation in the movie. That's um, true. Yeah, they certainly did. Uh, let's say more stuff like Mechanic Resurrection. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Yeah, your last perfect. Christmas boss level gunpowder milkshake, all that stuff. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think she um, has had a, a really fan- fascinating career, and uh, I am excited to see where it goes from here, especially now that, you know, she's coming off that Everything Everywhere Oscar win. I think A Haunting in Venice is a really great performance, and I think a good indication of the kinds of stuff that I, we can maybe see from her in the future. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully, uh, I haven't really heard anything about that movie in terms of like success other than when it first came out, everyone being like, this is better than it has any right to be. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if it has much legs or anything like that. I hope, yeah, I hope that's a, like you said, a good indication of, of her getting to maybe pick her roles better or get better offers or whatever. I don't really know how that, how that all shakes out, but, uh, yeah, the, the clout from the Oscar, hopefully she gets to cash some of that in and make some really interesting, awesome stuff like she's been doing lately yes absolutely all right i think we can wrap it up mike are you ready i think so i'm ready i'm ready to be done with the uh taking it yo no what uh Yoaverse, there we go. Yes, yeah, the Yoaverse. Um, but yeah, we're gonna close the chapter on the Yoaverse for now. But we'll be back uh, in January with uh, the Brothers' Son review, <laughs> the Book of Saw. Yes, the, 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 Book the Book of Saw. <laughs> <laughs> We've reopened the Book of Yo. Uh, all right, Mike D, where can we find you online this week? You can find me at MD Film Blog on Twitter and Letterboxd, uh, as well as Blue Sky at MD Film Blog if you would like to donate to support the show, you could do that at our Kofi page, which is Kofi.com slash Mike and Mike Pods. And if you would like merch, we have merch available on our Redbubble, which is Mike and Mike Pods Yes, it is. And you can find me online at M Smith Film Blog on Twitter, Mike Smith Film on Letterboxd, and Radio Mike Sandwich on Instagram. Uh, thanks so much for listening to Complete Works. I'm Mike Smith. That's Mike DeCrecio. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. And if you want to contact us, you can tweet at us at Complete Works Pod. That's W R K S, no O in the word works. And you can find the rest of our podcasts on Rapture Press alongside many other podcasts, all kinds of comic books and movie news and all that good stuff. Our theme song was created by Kyle Cullen, who you can reach for your own podcast themes at kyle's podcast themes at gmail.com and our logo was designed by mac v or at fearless guard on twitter join us in the next week on the complete works where we are getting back in the cage baby Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he won't stop and he just simply will not stop and uh i'm curious to re-watch this movie i oh. saw this movie over a year ago at this point at the montana film festival it finally got released uh and so we're going to be talking about butcher's crossing next week can't wait to hear your thoughts. Yes, I can't wait to hear your thoughts, Mike, on, on oh, that We one. should do a podcast again. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's not a bad idea. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> Butcher's Crossing next week for the Nicolas Cage pod. And remember to check out our other podcast, Mike and Mike Go to the Movies, for all kinds of other movie-related stuff, including recent releases, ranked lists, general discussions, and a lot more. So thanks so much for listening, guys, and thanks for taking it, yo. Yo.